For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Morning all. A couple of stories to start this morning. Don't actually make the traditional front pages or inside pages of daily newspapers. One of them is from Cork Bio and the other is from the Cork Independent. Both of them have obviously very strong Cork connections. Cork Bio are reporting that the future of the marina market remains unsure. Reason behind that is because on board Planola has not made a ruling on the marina market's future because the appeal has been marked invalid. And a spokesperson for the board has confirmed that there'll be no decision made on the market's future as the appeal against the city council's decision to refuse permission to stay wasn't put through. That's even confusing to me. Was it put through? Was it put through wrong? Um, Was the actual appeal written incorrectly or what? But of course it just means that the mystery continues as to the future for the market. They say in Cork Bio Bio, there's uh, at least 35 vendors down there and they have plans for lots more actually. I've been talking to management down there recently where they have big plans for other areas adjacent to the market and they sell artisan crafts and food and drink and clothing Uh, and remember that this generates about 300 jobs in the local area uh, notwithstanding the amount of businesses themselves uh, that are open there. So that's uh, that's worrying that that's unknown but also what's unknown and I started to get emails and texts about this uh, from Tuesday onwards and that's the fate of Camden uh, fort. Um, don't know if you visited it. I know we gave away passes and tourist passes for it last year. It's an incredible um, uh, achievement that so many people, a lot of them volunteers, brought this court, uh, fort to um, uh, a condition uh, that it was okay for people to visit. Um, but the volunteers are said to be heartbroken down there, uh, particularly in Crosshaven, because they haven't been able to get in there uh, since September of last year. Cork County Council owns this now, and they had a health and safety audit down there. It was carried out, but yet the fact that it's been completed hasn't made any difference as to when people can actually uh, go in or whether it will open for the tourist season. So there's two for you on Lisa, the Fed, the Fort, the um, fate of a hugely popular historic site, uh, Camden Fort Mar and indeed the Marina Market. What we do know with regards to an update is that um, the Cork soldier uh, who was seriously injured in a shooting incident in Lebanon, the Irish trooper Shane Carney, makes the, uh, made the radio news yesterday and makes the echo today uh, because... Uh, he claimed the life of his colleague. Um, he's returned to Dublin to undergo surgery. If I remember correctly, I heard Lana O'Connor say that this hopefully would be the last surgery uh, the trooper Shane will actually need. Uh, and that's a story that makes the, the echo today. One that I've been watching closely from the courts, and if you listen to me regularly, you know uh, of the case of um, uh, the young mother who was carrying the baby in her arms inside in her own house and she was threatened. I was back before court yesterday. It's a front page of making the echo today. Liam Healan's court copy says that a five-year jail term has been imposed on a burglar who assaulted and threatened that mother of four, holding one her one-year-old infant in her arms in her own home at the time. And before the court was Shane Purcell of no fixed address, he caught the woman uh, from behind late at night, demanded access to her car with the words, give us the keys, you have 10 seconds or we'll hurt you. Now, he got a six-year sentence um, because of his uh, uh, carry-on, his uh, attack. But the last year was suspended at the Cork Circuit Criminal Court. He's a 25-year-old. Uh, and the judge said to him, she said, if you don't successfully wean yourself off drugs and alcohol, 
you'll be coming before the courts for the rest of your days. And I use the term often. I hope that the penny drops. We'll have to wait and see. There was another co-accused fellow called Jonathan Power from Boyce Street. He got a sentence of four and a half years with the last 18 months suspended for his part in the burglary. So off to do some time for that. Um, Talking about people who are doing time, there was a dangerous inmate called Barbie Kardashian. Uh, in an Irish jail down in Limerick Prison. Um, And I say dangerous because uh, Barbie Kardashian now faces the prospect of more jail time. Gardaí began an investigation into allegations that she threatened to rape female prison officers. Now, um, uh, Barbie Kardashian is a transgender prisoner alleged to have threatened to sexually attack several female prison officers at Limerick Prison this weekend. Now, Kardashian is now legally a woman because she secured a gender recognition certificate. The allegation is that uh, there were threats made after she refused orders to clean up the shower area of the prison women's section after she had used it. Now, that meant that male prison staff had to intervene to protect the female colleagues and bring Kardashian back to her cell. Um, That's an interesting story because in the UK... There's a big um, conversation going on. I don't know whether the same kind of conversation is actually happening here, that you would have um, Barbie Kardashian in a female jail, which would appear to be the case. And there's also another story uh, regarding the amount of attacks going on in Irish hospitals. So from prisons to hospitals, where the Gardaí, according to the Mirror this morning, have investigated 142 incidents of sexual assaults alone at Irish hospitals in the past three years, according to figures just released. Uh, And unfortunately, year on year, like 2020, it was 31. 2021, it was 45. Uh, And in the year just gone by, 2022 was up to 51. So that's quite alarming. Actually, I probably should have mentioned this when I was talking about the uh, gender rows that are going on in society these days and the story with regards to Barbie Kardashian. But J.K. Rowling has now come out and blasted Ireland's Eurovision hopefuls uh, for sacking their creative director, Ian Bannum, uh, over social media posts about a trans uh, rapist. The Harry Potter author um, has accused Wild Youth, the band, of preening, self-satisfied uh, misogyny. Now, um, it followed the the band's sacking of their creative director. They cut all ties with Ian Bannum for his social media comments about a transgender rapist convicted of a knife attack. And the examiner actually drills in a little deeper into the post, which referred to an article about Zara Jade, a transgender woman who stabbed her partner before tying her up and leaving with her bank card. Uh, and the, it featured a, a headline referring to Jade, Sarah Jade as a woman. Um, and of course, that led then to the posts online where Mr. Bannum was saying, it's not a woman, it's, it's a man. Uh, so uh, J.K. Rowling said that the re-traumatization of female rape survivors, including this man's victim... Um, on seeing him called a woman by the press seems to count for nothing, you know, women who have been raped. The so-called kindness of the band is preening 
and self-satisfied misogyny. Uh, So you can see where this is going. More and more division, more and more conversation, of course, but a lot more anger and and bitterness. And then the story that we dealt with yesterday morning regarding the uh, ex-Fianna Fáil councillor, John Hussey, who got five years this week for abusing, sexually abusing Hannah Beresford in 2003 when she was just eight. That story is back in the front page of the Red Tops today with the Sun saying, Pedo was on a cop was on cop probe, probe panel. What that means is that John Hussey um, was actually um, uh, I wouldn't say he was necessarily working for, but he he was on a legal panel uh, tasked with helping uh, and uh, um, looking into possible sex offenders and 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 issues like that. But the thing about this is that um, he. The guards would never have known because people are wondering as to why maybe there weren't guard checks done. They, they wouldn't have known anything about about Hussey at the time, uh, because of course there was no formal complaint until made until in the early 2020s. But it's a headline story making the uh, the Sun today. And then, of course, with the bank holiday weekend upcoming, uh, be an awful lot of activity all over the the county and people getting out and about and enjoying. And one of them will be the Kinsale Sevens. And as you probably know, because I spoke about this in the past, Judge James McNulty in Bandon Court. Um, said that he he says there's a history of offending uh, in and around this event, and he said we my words not his. He says we need to get a handle on all of this, particularly with the misuse of drugs. So there's signs up all over Kinsale and around the Rugby Sevens tournament this Bank Holiday weekend, reminding those going to the event that antisocial behaviour and offences will not be tolerated. Could be about five thousand rugby fans down in the seaside town. One thing they won't be doing is going to the Marys. Um, but anyway, the signs are there to remind people of the consequences of being caught with drugs and asking them to drink responsibly and to cop on and behave. And that's all very well, those kind of signs and those warnings. As long as the courts continue, or at least maybe try a little bit harder to get turf, tough on those uh, who don't behave. From tough to turf, though, and the big row then between Ireland's urban population and rural population makes the front of this morning's mail because there is a new political movement now, a new pro-agricultural political party uh, that is asking TDs to join and asking others to run in uh, the next general election. And the Green Party have got their backs up about this because they're saying that this kind of pro-agricultural party is trying to make out that rural Ireland is all turf fires and peg sairs. And of course, um, the Greens are saying it's a lot more complex uh, than that. But if you have been worried about trying to pay bills, and I know that we solved a couple of problems for people in the past who were overbilled and overcharged by energy providers, there's another story in The Independent today that talks about 11,000 Electric Ireland customers who will be facing shocking bills because of a blunder within Electric Ireland where they haven't been asked for a payment for months. And now when they come calling for it, they're going to be looking for all of it and it could be upwards of four months of bills by all accounts. And you know how our footpaths are getting wider and the roads are getting narrower? I was in there again yesterday inside in the city. I'll talk about more about that a little later on. But the roads are certainly getting narrower and the footpaths are getting wider. We've got more and more cycle lanes and stuff like that. There's a story in the mail this morning that says, because we are going that way, the drivers, especially those who feel entitled, will really have to get their act together and need to make space for cyclists now. Because this is the way forward, that um, drivers are all too often entitled and privileged. Love to know your thoughts on that with regards to um, how you've been called as a, 
as a motorist these days. We have three now, I think, front runners. it's fair to say, with regards to who's going to take over the next job for uh, the late, late. And one, of course, is Claire Byrne. The other is um, is uh, Keelty. And the third now is Patrick Keelty. And the third is Oliver Callan. He's been backed by RT in- Insiders as the late, late show's next host. I think he is. He's brilliant. He's just so funny. He's a brilliant mimic as well. But the big ticket uh, superstar story that makes the papers today has to do with um, the, uh, I guess, all of the life possessions of Freddie Mercury because they're going for auction. It's an amazing story this morning that makes the Irish Daily Mirror. So if you're a Queen fan, they're saying the Queen fans will go gaga. Get it? Gaga. Over the auction of 1,500 items from Freddie Mercury's home that have been untouched for 30 years. Now, he had a very, very close friend in his life called Mary Austin. Uh, Mirror the describer as his ex-girlfriend. And she was left everything, including his property, Garden Lodge in Kensington. He died in 1991 and it's just sat there and she wants to get her affairs in order, apparently. So what kind of stuff will go on sale that was owned by Freddie Mercury? Well, the one part that I was attracted to straight away was anything to do with songwriting. So previously unseen, handwritten, working lyrics to Queen's hit, We Are The Champions. Like nine pages of working lyrics for that song alone will go under the hammer and could fetch um, in and around 340 to 350,000 euro. One or two other examples would be um, the lyrics to the 1974 Killer Queen. Great song. Could come in at at least 80,000 at auction. And then if you're wondering about his fashion sense, you know the ornate military style jackets that he used to wear? Well, they could fetch anywhere between 10, 15, 20,000. But again, it would very much depend on interest. There's even Freddie Mercury's jamming guitar. Uh, the one that he used to just, I guess, could be said that the guitar that's going for sale if it was a jamming guitar, was where he was picking out the early tunes or the early chords. And who loves fish fingers? Me. Who loves baked beans? Me. Well, you might be happy to know that they're back on the healthy menu. I've always thought baked beans were, were a healthy uh, dinner because you really, with beans on toast, it's a, a full dinner. But some were describing them in the past as ultra-processed food. And they'd been demonized for years. But apparently, uh, the warning label should be coming off the likes of baked beans, fish fingers, wholemeal bread, even tomato-based pasta sauces, whole grain cereal, and fruit yogurts have now been given um, the clear and labelled healthier processed food option. Healthier processed food. Now, the jury's out as to who you want, how you want to serve your, uh, your um, fish fingers. So I was talking to Claire this morning here, and she said you'd have fish fingers, baked beans, and a fried egg. All day long, particularly if you put some ketchup on top of the, uh, the uh, fish fingers. For, but for me, it's got to be crusty bread and butter, fish, fish fingers, ketchup, and a sprinkling of sea salt. All day long. But when you look at the things that people actually love or prefer, there's a survey done by Virgin uh, Media, apparently, that makes the sun today. Don't know you included in this. Um, The most important thing in people's lives, apparently. More than half of the people who were surveyed said it wasn't their family, it wasn't their partners, it wasn't a roof over their head, it wasn't a nice car, sun holidays. It was reliable Wi-Fi. More critical than taking a partner on a date, having reliable Wi-Fi. We are absolute slaves to it. A third of them to people who were surveyed said that they'd rather give up booze, give up the gym, rather than go without access to the internet. I don't know whether any of them were brave enough to say that they would give up their partner 
for reliable Wi-Fi. But secretly, I suppose a few would. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. There's one actually that I saw online as well over the past couple of days where we talk about this um, ever-increasingly more inclusive world. And of course, it should be. And everybody should be happy in their own right. I see that Mattel has introduced its first ever version of the Barbie doll representing a person with Down syndrome. They have the first Barbie doll for a person who is uh, living with Down syndrome. And of course, you have to bear in mind, of course, that, you know, dolls are there, of course, for profit. I understand that. But I think it's a lovely thing to do as well. It becomes more and more inclusive. So um, we spoke recently and we had a Facebook post up on uh, social media talking about relationships when relationships break down. Uh, I noticed that some people unfortunately took umbrage to the headline that said dads need to step up uh, and I appreciate that. I can understand why uh, some people would be upset about a headline like that, particularly uh, dads who are suffering in silence when it comes to rights, uh, particularly regarding visitation rights or a partner who has gone toxic and is using the children as weapons. Now, I have been approached uh, directly by email by some dads who have been telling me and saying just that to me. Uh, and um, unfortunately, some feel that there's a, a witch hunt going on against against dads uh, and that I should be more balanced in my approach to it. And I appreciate that people have a right to say that um, and also have a right to be upset. But I have to say, um, I, I don't think that it's fair. I don't think it's fair criticism because over the years I have, as often as possible, tried try to see relationship breakdowns where it comes to the... Um, Division of assets is one thing or issues regarding property is another thing. But the visitation rights of the father, God knows many men are living with awful anguish and some, in fact, take their own lives because of it. Um, So there was a big response to it online. I got a very interesting email, though, uh, saying I'm getting in touch with you regarding your recent Facebook post about dads needing to step up. I suppose if I had time over again, I would have asked for the headline to be more dads need to uh, step up more, something along those lines, because it, it, it kind of made a general sweep against dads. But emailer said, Ireland has one of the highest rates in Europe of children living in single parent households. Almost one in four children in Ireland come from a lone parent household. If you compare it to the EU average, it's one in seven. Countries like Latvia, Estonia and Britain have similar figures to that of Ireland, one in four. The likes then of Spain and Greece have one in 14. Um, currently in Irish law, if a mother walks away from a child, she can face penalties and jail time. Yet a father gets away scot-free with walking away. Uh, the maintenance system is an absolute shambles in Ireland and a court can order maintenance, but it's up to the discretion of the father if he pays it. Often it's unpaid with absolutely no punishments for this. In Scandinavian countries, though, it's common for maintenance to be taken straight out of the father's wages. So Ireland really needs to implement a procedure like Scandinavia, Neil. Single parents face prejudice, judgment, and are often falling under the poverty line. If you read some of the comments on your Facebook post, the prejudice is there as well. We are known as taking from the government. We are known as getting council houses. We are known as claiming lone parent, even if the dad's involved. In most circumstances, this isn't even the case. The housing waiting list in my situation is eight to ten years. I have no hope of renting, even with HAP, or buying my own home in the current climate. I don't want to rely on the government, but I have no other choice. It's hard to find a job that works being a single parent, having to do school runs alone, calling in sick to look after the child. I'm in constant fear of losing my job. I'm I'm unhappy where I am and I would love to move, 
but due to being limited in how flexible I can be and needing to be available for my child's hospital appointments and schooling, I'm afraid to move. I can't afford not to work as I have rent, a car, my child was born with medical needs and I also have to pay private therapies as the waiting lists publicly are too long. From my own experience and reading other stories, the court does not take into consideration the father's side, even if he has a violent history, even if he has, protect, has a protection order against him. Judges need proper training in family dynamics, domestic abuse, and they need to start considering the child's welfare more, to take a child's opinion into consideration when they come to a certain age. Single parents are seen as vulnerable as it, and it opens us up to sex, being sexualized just for being a parent. It attracts people who think we need saving. And I, I fear I ever let, if, and I fear I ever let anyone who doesn't have the best interests in my child into my life. While I recognize it's partly my fault that I'm a single parent and I didn't walk away from the father of the child before I got pregnant, I recognize I'm the one who decided to continue with my pregnancy, which I'll never regret, but I shouldn't be faced with such hardships for choosing to be a parent. I feel guilty every day that I can't provide my child a loving two-parent family home. It's a huge responsibility being a single parent and often the weight of, wor- of the world is on my shoulders. I worry every day what would happen to my child if I ever needed hospitalization, if, it became, if I became severely sick, or God forbid, what would happen if I died? I worry every day about the poverty statistics and what kind of a life I can provide for my child. It's a load I would not wish on anyone to be alone like this. I do understand some parents keep their kids from seeing a parent. Regardless, we all know someone who's either denied a child or who is a deadbeat dad. Families and friends of such parents really need to start holding the deadbeat Ted's to accountability and start supporting the one who stands up and plays the right part. Stop attacking the parent who looks after the child. Start respecting them for doing this alone without the support of the partner. You would genuinely be surprised of how many families and friends participate in abusing the parent who's looking after the kids and believing all the lies. There are two sides to every story. So that was a lengthy response to the uh, Facebook page. Uh, There were others, though. uh, As a father and a lone parent, I'm tired of the lazy stereotype perpetuated by these kind of online feature stories of yours. There's plenty of poor mothers out there. When are we going to hear a show placing decent men front and center who were prevented from being the fathers they wanted to be? who were totally beaten down by malicious exes who use the bias of the family courts, where women who use their children as weapons against their fathers. There are countless men out there who are prevented from being fathers that they could be. I battled and I won, but it was at a great personal cost. I never had time for men who abandoned their responsibilities, but I have spent seven years in the system and I can understand why some men give up. You know, when he says give up, they give up in more ways than walking away, you know. They give up on life too. I see you have no coverage about the men like myself who fight tooth and nail to see their son, but a toxic ex has a judge at her fingertips. Female judges, of course. Five years they've kept me from my son. You should cover the stories of fighting fathers. Um, And there are many more like that. And I really do want to get behind the fighting fathers, the fathers who have stepped up and who really are being prevented because of a toxic partner, an ex-partner who uses the children as weapons. So I would like to hear more of those stories and I will come back to them throughout the course uh, of the morning. But recently I did talk a number of weeks ago to Anne who recounted her story of domestic abuse by her now ex-partner. 
and it prompted Alan to get in touch. Um, and I spoke to him recently. Uh, he says he is still being harassed uh, by his ex. Uh, however, as we chatted in the conversation, I discovered that this wasn't Alan's first experience uh, of domestic abuse. Have a listen to what he had to say to me. So your childhood, then, uh, your childhood wasn't great, no? No, it wasn't, no. Yeah. Is that because of your dad and things? Stepfather, yeah. Yeah, okay. That left a big impact on you kind of thing, was it? Yeah. Okay. So did you fall in love then at some stage in your life and it just didn't work out, was it? Yeah. And how bad was that? Yeah, it was just toxic and abusive and stuff like that so I still I couldn't deal with that either so I had to get out of that relationship and I, I moved on yeah and I ended up having a child in that relationship and as I say like the ex is trying to control my life now and telling me what to do and you know, it's just crazy man it is I've no like I don't really have a social life weekends or nothing I'm all just stuck in I'm just getting back to work myself and now that I'm back to work, is trying to get on to me for more maintenance and all this and trying to tell me what to do. And it's just crazy, man. Honestly, like, I don't see why an ex would control someone's life if you're down with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And why I, yeah. I heard a woman the last time when she was on about her ex, like, I kind of went through the same kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? But I never really talked to anybody professional about it. Like, I've mentioned to my friends and family and they, they told me, like, it's not right what I was going through, right? Yeah. I mean, we often hear about it through the through the lens or the experience of a woman, but it's it's important to hear from the point of view of a man, you know? I know. See, men don't speak up as much, like... No, no, no. But since I'm speaking up in the last couple of years, like, it's, it's getting loud so far up my chest and... It feels better when you talk about the past, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you said that some years back you met a girl, fell in love, or whatever the case may be, had a child, yeah. but that she had a problem with alcohol, was it? Yeah. 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 And you, kind of you, 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 realized, you, rel- you realized that that was screwing things up? Yeah, like, as I said, like, since I'm seven, eight years old, my mum married this fella and he was an alcoholic, and I don't agree with drink I don't like drinking and I didn't want to be around another person who drinking to get me Was he abusive your stepdad? Oh yeah Jesus man it's crazy man crazy like physically abusive yeah yeah oh yeah verbally physically and it's just mental like it is until there was uh, was the abuse against the kids or the kids and your mum, or what? Well, it would be me, my oh, sister and brother, yeah. and my mother as well, yeah. God, oh Like, growing up as a young age, like, watching him beat my mum up in front of my eyes and trying to protect my mum, and then me getting flattened for doing that as a kid, and locked in doors and closed up, and I swear to my life, life is not like... That, a huge in, that, that, must have had a, that must have had a huge impact on you and the other family members and your mum as well. Oh, how, how is your uh, mum? Did she survive all? I mean, is she, you know, how is she now? Yeah, she has. She's gone now. She's a lot happier herself now since all that is gone. And is he gone and everything? Yeah, he is, yeah. He's gone God, God. Right, but yet, yet life kind of repeated for you then with, you describe it as abuse, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. That you're going through or were going through in your relationship, right? 
Yeah. God almighty. It's just kind of like never trusting and all of a sudden, oh, where were you and what were you doing and not following me then if I went to my friend's house to chill out like part outside the house and stuff and like, well, this is crazy stuff like, this is not right. So then I just said, look, at the end of the day, I can't be with you. I, I'm here for my daughter, as simple as, and I'll always be here for my daughter no matter what. And I just left her at that then. Yeah, yeah. She went her way, I went my way, and like I have found other girlfriends since then. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, she just threatened them out, scared them off, then was threatening them, and this and that. So, I mean, just couldn't see me be happy in life because I did not want to be with her, though. But did you get uh, to court for maintenance and access and things like that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's all sorted, man. I, I pay as maintenance every week, I, I has my daughter every weekend. And there's no affair there, like I, I never once didn't, did I not take her, never once did I not pay maintenance. Of course you do, because you love your daughter, yeah. Of course you do. Exactly, and she's my world, like, and no matter what, like, there'll be no one take her off me, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But the messages and the contact, what what happened? Because you say in, in your email that you said she sends me messages after messages, uh, you know, essay yeah, after essay. What, what, what's that about? Constant essays after essays. Like, just trying to play head games and just playing head games and um, just, trying to, just kind of controlling. Right? It's hard. It's kind of hard to explain unless someone's seen the messages themselves like, and they'll, they'll know it in, like, because... I'm gone such a, it's gone on for years and years now like that I'm affected by it like I'll never trust a girl again in a way it'll take a lot to trust a girl again if you get me to what I mean did you get any help in that regard I wonder yeah I did I, I got a I went for a counselling session and I went to um, hypnotherapy team DoorDash yeah yeah did any of that help yeah it did it helped a bit I helped when you spoke to the counsellor, did, did the counsellor have an opinion as to what you went through? Yeah. Did they say it was any kind of typical uh, relationship with other people like men like that you went through that other men are going no, through? No, no, they would have heard it before, yeah, definitely. Because we don't hear so much from men, you know? I know. And it, it's it's crazy, because like, I have a lot of friends too that kind of went through the same thing and they're not, they're not here today, like, you know what I mean? They, they couldn't talk about it, they couldn't be they couldn't exactly find the help they needed so they just left like you know what I mean and it's just madness like how how am I still here on to go through it all and be, still be strong in front of your friends family and for your daughter you know so there was a lot of turmoil as a result of it from the point of view of you your personal life your work life you, you had issues with holding down a job I think wasn't it yeah and where are you how are you now no I'm actually She's the one who's clearing the clouds away from my head now, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm out working, I'm up early in the morning, out working, and I, weekends I stay in, I don't go out, I don't drink, I don't go out drinking. That worked, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your relationship with the kids, are they good? Oh, are, brilliant, by unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unreal, and that, that's, that's one thing, like, my daughter knows I'm here and I'm always here for her. Like, your daughter, sorry, I said kids, I meant daughter. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Brent. Yeah, yeah. 
But 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 you're still looking for some kind of help in that regard. You're, you're still yeah. deal, you're trying to deal with it because it's ongoing, yeah. right? I mean, you obviously yeah. have been through the courts because of the maintenance and 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 and, and separation and what have you. But this is yeah. this is harassment. You're saying, yeah? Yeah, exactly. It's awful to go through like, a childhood like that and then find it in a relationship, isn't it? I know, but it's madness. Like, was it physical? Uh, was it physical? I both, probably and physically. It was crazy. Like honestly, if I like, if I was to tell some stories by people, probably wouldn't believe me. Like, it's madness. But that's what I'm saying. Like that, I'm after getting over that that part of life now. Like I. I would like to find a, a counsellor of some sort to help out there and just to clear all my past and move on in life, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're trying to do it's that. Not right? easy. Yeah. It's not easy to be a father when you went through so much in life, do you know? Particularly as a child, you see. Yeah. You know, you don't deserve that kind of bad break to go through it as a child and then go through it in a relationship where you have a, where you have a child yourself that you clearly love. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of Men's Aid? No. Okay, there's an organ there are many organizations that help men. One is called mensaid.ie. There are people like you, men who have been through traumatic situations. Um, you know, you you should probably look to talk to them and other men who've All been right. through what you've been through, you know? But like what would men. you like what would you like to see happen? Oh, just just to be left alone, like trying nobody to like there's, there's no fear like I'm always there on time for my daughter yeah. the money's always there on time it's just like stop like I was with you years ago like don't like if I was doing that to a woman like I'd be I'd get in so much trouble for it. like it'd be kind of controlling in a way like I know what you're saying in the sense that you could you could claim that this was really harassment or that the guardie should have been involved or maybe back to court or whatever is that what you're saying? Yeah. Did you talk to a solicitor about it? Is it is because yeah. this is you're being tormented? You're saying right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Tormented, and uh, she knows she too. Like knows if uh, I have to go and very naive, like players and that acting. Like you know what I mean, you're naive. Yeah, like you, you could walk in here. You could, you could be anyone in the world, but and I'll, I'll still talk to you. Like yeah. I know you're my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of my friends tell me all that, like, oh, why, why do you trust him? Why do you trust her? And all this. And, like, boys, like, I'm just me, like. Yeah, you just take people as you find them, right? Exactly. I don't judge people, like, do you know what I mean? If I don't judge anyone, like. I talk to anybody, and no matter who you are, I'll chat to you, like. Did you, you ever make peace with, did you ever make peace with your dad? Your no, no, with? no, I'll never, never make peace with him, but he, I, I couldn't look him in the eye now, like, I couldn't even be around him, but. It's very, it was, it was that bad. Like he's, he's basically like, so I just don't have no respect or anything for that yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of reasons why. Like, have you said to your ex that if she doesn't back off, you will take legal action? Yeah. But what, like, what, what are the messages like? I mean, what does she say? How does she torment you? Oh, it's just like, I have to do this. You have to do that. You better do this. Better do that. I need this. I need that. I'm like, I'm not here. I'm not your babysitter. I'm the child's father. Yes, I have the child in my days. I said, but like, 
like if you're stuck for something in your life just because I was you before doesn't mean I need to come Yeah, but come you need to you. pay your maintenance. You need to support your child. You, I mean, yeah. you, you obviously know that. Oh, I know that. And yeah. that's, that's no favourite, that, like. Yeah. Yeah, but you just want a bit of peace and a bit of space and be left exactly, alone with the other. Exactly. Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, I 100% man. know what you're saying, yeah. I just like to get along in my life. And I like to, to go out there, have a weekend free to go, go over the fishing or do something, do you know what I mean? Swimming or anything. And if that happened, what would happen if you went out to try and have a bit of a bit of a bit of social time and your would you get uh, sure. If I done that then I'd you don't care about your child and this and that and, uh, Do you talk do you talk to pals about it? Yeah. What do they say? They said you have to or they just say don't don't go up and take the child and be late and all that like she does, be late taking her back. That's not like me, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. miles and time, and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to let the child suffer like that. That's all I ask is to be civil for the child. Yeah. There's not much to ask for. Yeah. And be left alone and in, other, in all the other areas yeah. of your life, like, yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, she goes and enjoys her life, I enjoy my life. Don't interfere with her, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If there's something to the daughter, ring me, yeah, I'm there in a heartbeat. Do you but think there's a lot anything. of men that suffer in silence like you with the grief and oh, the trauma? Oh, fuck, man. 100%, 100%. They just don't talk about it. It's hard. Like, for me, it's hard too. Like, it's very hard. I know. I can imagine. I can talk imagine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it took a lot to even come on the phone. Like, Yeah, it's on your mind 24-7. A lot of, lot of yeah. anxiety. A lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of other stuff. The anxiety, depression and all that. Like, it's, it's not honest, but. You deserve a break, you know. You had a bad upbringing. You obviously had a relationship that broke down, but it shouldn't deny you the rest of your life to be happy, you know. I know. That's true. I'd love to head off there for a week or something in the sun and just clear, clear the air. So why don't you do that? What would happen if you did that? Uh, <laughs> we just... Brain damage. We just get call all names and everything. and It's just crazy, like crazy. I'm, I'm basically I'm under control like I don't through the court she picks my weekend I get off each month well not a weekend sorry a night off each month she gets to pick that so and there's a lot of fathers as you see them where they just run away like you know what I mean where they don't do uh, they just don't get involved in in having their son or daughter or engaged in you know, maintenance because it's too much they grief they just leave yeah exactly yeah uh, I understand why like but at the end of the day like I'll never leave my daughter no matter what they say that what's done like I'll never leave her like yeah right. no it's important to hear stories from the male perspective because all too often we don't you know because it's just something that men often just don't share you know for all sorts of different reasons there is an organisation that I've dealt with on the air in the past called Men's Aid you know mensaid.ie and if you check out their website you will find many stories of men who are going through stories like you and it would be important that you contact them because you originally got on to me asking for some kind of help for men that are going through similar situations Men's Aid would be a good start for you mensaid.ie because you're not alone you know Right. I know I just felt alone with years, like, even since I've been young. I, just, I know I have friends and family, like, but it's just, like, there's nobody like me, like, 
everybody has their own thoughts and everybody is different. But there, are, but there are other men like you and I bet you there are people listening to me who are like you suffering in different ways including, you know, issues involving relationships that, that have broken down but are still toxic. So don't feel alone, yeah. you know. I, I would get in touch with Men's Aid. I hope to talk to them on the air in the next few days. I've spoken to them in the past and, and they, if you, if you keep listening, you will hear other stories like yours. But get in touch with them, you know, because the last thing you want to feel is alone or isolated. I will, I will. Definitely, I'll have to know. So mensaid.ie, yeah? Mensaid.ie, yeah, absolutely. I wish there was more I could say to you because you're obviously very upset and struggling from it and God knows you had a tough enough background. You deserve a bit of peace and happiness. I wish you that. I thank you for that. Stay in touch, Alan. I hope things improve, man. I will, Neil. I will, and thank you so much for right on, bye. Take care of yourself. Cheers. Bye. Take care, Neil. Bye. Now. Lovely guy. Just a really, really nice, genuine character. And uh, unfortunately, the consequences of his childhood, of course, childhood, uh, have also to be brought into consideration and where he finds himself now and, and his rearing, particularly the hands of his father. A uh, story of, um, indeed, if, if perhaps you may be in, uh, in a situation where you find yourself suffering abuse or control or alienation from your children and I address this to men uh, Men's Aid are there to help on 01554-3811 01554-3811 and you can contact them and they will respond by email just email hello H-E-L-L-O hello at mensaid.ie back after the break get it off your chest call Neil Prenderville now on 818 104 Red FM. Thankfully, there are dads who do fight uh, for their rights, particularly with regards to, um, you know, uh, relationship with their children. Patrick says, as a father who went through the system and now has my son every weekend, I hate hearing the stereotypical, oh, the dad must be the bad one story and narrative. It's raised all too often, says he. Thanks for that, Patrick. He texted uh, 0868104106. So did Stephen. Stephen, good morning. Morning. Uh, you would very much concur there with what Patrick says. The stereotypical, uh, the the deadbeat dad, right? Yeah. Well, um, it's it's a very easy go to. It, it doesn't require an awful lot of kind of investigation or, or conversation, and the conversation is rarely had. So. I think that's part of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Obviously, I can't personalise it, your own story because of uh, court restrictions and what have you. But you, you, you did go through the system. You did go through the court system and have access, don't you? It was, it was a long battle. The civil custody. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I was uh, seven years. Um, in the in the courts. Okay. So okay. Well, I can't. And as I say, I can't discuss that with you because of the rights of children and different uh, and different acts that prevent me from doing so. But you did say I can understand now why some men give up. Why do you say that? Well, the first four years um, I was going through it, uh, I didn't get a break at all. I just got um, like I knew the person I was dealing with had had some. Had some issues. Yeah. You know? Again, uh, again, I'm not going to uh, go through that. But you, you said, no, is no, it, no, is no, it no, grindingly no. slow? Is it? Well, um, there was a lack of belief and a lack of faith on on my word, and I felt that, like from the get go, was an uphill battle against the mother's word. And yeah. she could, in any way, shape, or form, say what she pleased, and and I'm. I'm 
I couldn't defend it because yeah. I just there was there was a, just a reluctance to even believe me from the get go because yeah. it seems to be so ingrained that the the man is the bad guy. Yeah, you know, that's what I wanted to get to because that's what I'm hearing all too often. Like that's courts are supposed to be adversarial by nature anyway. Yeah, well, my experience was quite the opposite until I got a change of judge and then everything changed. Uh, but, um, like, like they, they, the taken is that it's the mother and it's the mother's right and there's nothing like the bond between the mother and uh, her child and maternal instinct and all this. Um the father is just some kind of donor. Um, he's not emotionally invested. Right. He's not. Yeah, yeah. He's not connected. And that's he's what. You, that's how you were made to feel. Is it in court? That's that's how I was made to feel in court by the social services, by by society at large. And then I was also blamed for getting involved with the person because everybody else could see what I couldn't see and all the rest. So there was a lot of kind of negativity pushed my way and. The simple fact of the matter is there was no way I was walking away from my child. And do you know of many, you you said in your text that there are countless men out there who are prevented from being the fathers that they could be. They're probably listening to me maybe at home, at work, driving around in a van, truck, lorry, a car. And it's, 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 it's their whole life. It's all they think about is their child that they can't get to. Absolutely, and like from the start of my journey, because um, I, 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 I chat, I chat and I talk to people, and I asked for advice, and, uh, you know, I didn't do a survey or anything, but I would easily say 85, 90% of the men I talked to told me that it was a waste of time, that they spent over a decade in court, it cost them 20,000, that they, they never got anywhere, it was when the child got to a stage in life that they were old enough to make a decision that things started changing. Um, I was told basically to, to not fight. But there was, like, I'm the kind of individual, if you tell me not to, if a lot of people tell me not to, and I know I'm right, I won't give in. Mm. So it's, but I was absolutely dragged through the, through the mud. Do you know, like, I'm talking 50 abusive phone calls a day. All right. Threats, okay. you okay. know, middle of the night threats, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's, ha- it's, ha- it's hard to, um, it's hard to share stories like that without overly um, personalizing the story, you know. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, you know, the total dictat on my access, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't allowed overnight. I was all, all the, the reasoning, you know, was, was, was outrageous. Mm. Mm. Do you know, like, you know, one decision was based on the fact that the judge had a, had a son and a, a, had a husband and a son-in-law that had slept through a hurricane, so they didn't believe I'd wake up if my son needed me in the middle of the night. Mm. Like, my jaw hit the floor with that kind of reasoning. Oh, that like, you, you, you wouldn't know? be responsible if something happened in the middle of the night because you were a man? Well, if you know, yeah, if you're two, the two men in your life could sleep through hurricanes, what's that got to do with me, and how is that reflective of me, you know? So, um... But there was all this kind of stuff going on, and I, like the first two years, I fought kind of fire with fire, and I realised then I just had to stop, and I had to sit in my hands and let the services and the courts and all the rest find out what I knew, and uh, that was really difficult because I just I just had to shut up basically and know that my child was in, in danger quite a lot of the time is how I felt and I wasn't wrong and uh, eventually the, the wheel turned um, and it took four four years or so before I started getting overnight okay okay. and then she refused okay. to take the child okay. back and okay. so I kept the child and we were back to court and 
Okay, I'm going to park it for now and maybe we'll come back to it after 10. But if we get into areas that would be in any way identifiable, then it's an area that I can go to. It's, it's not of my making, it's just the system that we work under with regards to protecting the rights or identification of children. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Oh, I got a lovely text in actually that I wanted to do because uh, I'll forget if I don't get stuck into it before midday today. And it's a mention for, it's the best wishes actually for Garda Fiona Byrne, who retires from Angarda Shikona after serving in the force for 30 years. Uh, and Monday, Fiona, who was stationed in Toker, will hang up her uniform and say goodbye to her colleagues who become part of her family for so many years. So it's bittersweet to be leaving the job but also lovely to be looking forward to the next chapter in life so all of the gang at the station and I say the station Tokogarda station want to wish Fiona a very uh, hap- a lot of happiness a lot of health and the best of luck going forward they will miss her so a happy retirement and best wishes to Garda Fiona Byrne who retires from Garda Shikona after 30 years this weekend. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. It's good to be talking on behalf of men. I was uh, talking with Stephen before 10. I just want to wrap up the conversation. Stephen, can you understand why I can't go into the details of your own journey in, in any kind of amount of want of a better word, detail. You understand the reasons behind that? I, I understand. I Good thought man. I was being reasonably vague. Yeah, we, and it has to be kept very vague because Irish laws are very stringent, generally speaking, anyway. But but you're saying, when was when is there going to be more shows about placing decent men front and centre who are prevented from being the fathers that they want to be? Um, and you also reference the bias of the courts against men. Um I'm mad keen to hear of more stories of men who are suffering. Do you think in silence? Oh, I think there's a lot out there. Like, I think there's a couple of things I had going on my side and that I was mature. Um, you know, I was I was after finishing a degree, which touched on, on, on social services. So I had a, a bit of an understanding of the system. And um, I, I really, I was very dogged, even though mm. it's, uh, I lost sight of pretty much everything. I lost everything. I lost opportunities to establish a career. I lost friends, family. Um, everything was uh, on hold because of uh, it. Uh, everything, everything pretty much gone, you know. Um, like, I ran the child on my own. I don't have family support around me. Uh, the mother's not from here either. So it's a total solo show. Like, I haven't had a... I don't get nights off. I don't get holidays. I don't get... Uh, shared custody but, mo- but like in that. spite of all of that must be incredible joy to be where you are considering the the time and well, effort I, you put into it I, 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 like, I, I'm not in any way saying it wasn't worth it it was just very very difficult and I think it was needlessly difficult and needlessly lengthy Yeah, okay. I, I don't think if, if roles were reversed that a woman would have had to have gone through yeah. such a lengthy period like yeah. I said seven years you yeah. know and um, I think if you're talking to a guy in his 20s um, who may not have the, the bit of that maturity. Bit of confidence, that conviction, that maturity. Uh, my education played a part, I have to say. I was a mature student going to college, so that did play a part. Um, uh, um, they, I, can, I can now understand why they would get exasperated and, yeah. and, and think that there was absolutely no. And plenty of them have come and talked to me. Because they like people around my area know my story, and they're kind of like, "How did you do it? Like, what can I do?" You what know? do you say? And, and, uh, well, I, 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 
I tried to advise them in terms of like like the mistake I made was like I, I went in all guns blazing for two years. I shouldn't have done that. I should have I should have uh been more patient with the system and uh like played my cards a little bit more closely to my chest and um I, I was I was all honesty and, and fire and brimstone and I shouldn't have been. I should have been uh, but it's very difficult when, when it's such an emotional situation. So what so what advice and do you give to people who um are, are thinking of giving up? Well preempt. Preempt anything that's going to be done. I went off I did exa- uh, I went off I did addiction assessments. I did parenting courses. Um, you know, I, I was very proactive about that stuff because I knew what I was going to be accused of and I knew that I was going to be my my uh um, well, let's my, let's my not talk about you. Let's just gen- let's not uh, let's just generalize it. These are the things you're saying that men will yeah. be accused of. Yeah, well, like you know, preempt them. Go and go and don't wait to be told by the court. Go and do parenting courses. Never be late for your access. Never be late dropping it back. It doesn't matter what she does. Don't don't let her um, drag yeah. you down to that level. Yeah. You you maintain. Uh, a, a solid level of of propriety in yourself, yeah. and and you do things right, and and it doesn't matter. It's really hard. It's very frustrating, but like I had to do it, and I did it consistently, and they just couldn't deny it in the end. Gotcha. And no. her, her inconsistency started to show, whereas my inconsistency, my consistency started to show, and it, it was hard. It was. And there a are there are there are sympathetic professionals out there. And when they see you making the effort, and, and and that goes, I know you don't like that goes for social services and courts. Personally, the guards were brilliant with me. Um, uh, you know, like once they see that you're you're proactive about it, uh, and you kind of get over the the poor me kind of thing, which is very difficult because it's so emotional. Mm. But you have to you have to stay strong, and you have to show that you're you're willing and dedicated to go beyond. Okay. what they even think you're capable of. Okay, okay. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for that. Great to catch up with you. Delighted no that you got there in the end. Text 0868104106. And people are, I'm the mother of a single father, as in her son is a single father who is going through the court at the moment. The mother is telling lie after lie after lie in court and the judge is just believing her. He's paying a substantial amount of maintenance, never misses it. It is crippling him. He's not even allowed to see his kids, even though the court has granted access. And I suppose that's why he's a path beaten back to court, isn't it true? We're ever talking, we are forever talking about these so-called deadbeat dads. We never hear about the deadbeat mums, do we, Neil? Uh, morning. I'm not condoning the following, but actions such as how we vote have consequences. If a woman who choose not to be mothers have the right to go so far as to legally kill their unborn babies, as they did eight and a half thousand times last year, oughtn't men who choose not to be fathers, have the right to simply and legally walk away. After all, they're not hurting anyone, says Richie, an interesting perspective on things. Uh, Can't come on air, but I will never, ever understand why women would make their kids' lives hard by stopping them from seeing their dad. A child who sees both parents gets on as a happier life because of it. You don't have to like your ex, but to your child... It is family. Just because we might have had a toxic family growing up doesn't mean our kids have to be that way too. Break the circle, but more importantly, break it for your kids. Controlling partners are narcissists. They feel they can never be defeated 
and they actually enjoy the bullying. And one final one, you, Neil, need to open your eyes to parental alienation. Some parents who are extremely bitter use their children as weapons. I've seen this firsthand with a family member. An ex deciding that this week you can see the kids, but the next week, for whatever reason best known to herself, he's not allowed to see the kids, despite always paying maintenance. He's back in court every uh, now and then when she stops his access to the kids. She tells anyone who will listen that he's a deadbeat, even though she gets a little power trip from his begging texts to see the kids. On the other side, you have the kids with behaviour issues in school who are being seen by psychologists from a very young age. I believe that the mother has mental health issues, which is why she has done what she is doing to her own kids. Family law is just totally outdated. They can see what's going on right in front of them. Sorry for the long text. Um, Believe me when I tell you, there's lots more which I will come back to throughout the course of the morning. And again, I will give help outline numbers out, particularly uh, to men, because men all too often feel forgotten about. And I got some very emotional emails sent to me over the past couple of days, not for air, just private emails to me, uh, admonishing me to some extent. And, and, and I'm not 100% sure why, because I've dealt with the topic in the past. But Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And again, I, I can't drill into individual stories in too much detail. Forgive me for that, but do understand why. Um, but this oh, that's, that's quite understandable. Look, um, you read out this lady's long email earlier on and sort of teased me a small bit due to the fact that, like saying that fathers are deadbeat dads as, as she describes them. Walk away, they, they can't, there's no maintenance gotten course can put a lien on your wages, they can put a lien on your social welfare that the maintenance is taken. So is that so. happening already? Because she's saying that it yeah. should come at source. So does it, that happen? That's, that's around years. Thank course you. course can force you to pay Oh, you're still there? Of maintenance. Sorry, I just yeah. lost you, you for a me? second. So a court can instruct that the maintenance comes directly out of your salary before you get the balance, is it? Yes, they can put a lien on your wages, yes. Okay, well thank you for that, because it's important to get things right, so that exists. That can be done, yes. Now, as a father who went through the system to see my son, which I have every single weekend, he's young, um, I choose to have him every weekend because once he hits his teen years, he's not going to want to be with me every weekend, which is quite understandable. Totally. The court, it's look at, they look more favourably on a father that goes chasing a mother to see their child. Um, if it's a mother chasing a father, the court's right, he's a deadbeat dad, we'll take everything out on him as, if we can. Now, they are more favourable of a father going to see his child. The system did work in my favour. I pay my maintenance, I pick my child up at a at a time, I drop him off at a designated time. No, me and his mother get on pretty well, we co-parent quite well for a child's sake. So, there is lenience, as in I could text her and say, look, I'm going to be an hour late, and she got, yeah, fine, no Good. problem. That's how, might, yeah. That's how it should work, Michael. That's how it should work. I might have plans... Can you have him back on time? No problem. Look, we work around it Good. easy enough. Yeah. Now, any father that's going to go through the system, my advice would be, do not go in there with, I want, I want, I want. A judge just going to give it a two fingers and tell it, there's a dog, a boy. Yeah. I would prefer, I would think it would be better for my child, boy or girl, regardless, if we could maybe do this. Be flexible. If you're going to be flexible, it's going to work out a lot easier for you. Now, look, I know there's toxic mothers, there's toxic fathers, both can be just as bad as each other. Yeah, because you said that there are men who do take advantage of the system. What do you mean by that? It's not taking advantage of, sorry, want of a better word. You can use the system that you can see your child if you really want to. Not advantage of, there is no taking advantage of the system. 
it's not seen favourably on fathers in Irish society and Irish law anyway. You know, a mother will always have mother will always have ninety percent of the rights regardless of. You know, because the, the court sees advantage. that you the, can help the system. And is that is that right and proper that the court should see that the mother should have the majority access and that the main place of residence, the family home, should be with mum? Not necessarily. No, but, um, by, but by and large, is that, is that the belief of the courts? The belief of the court is, yes, the child should be with mum. No, in theory, it'd go back, okay, when you were younger, dad worked, mum stayed at home. So then again, mum was the main child raiser, whereas dad was the breadwinner. Yeah. So, in theory, dad is in work, mum is at home. Not necessarily always the case, but that is majority of the time. So, okay, so the child is um, primarily with mum. My case, I work full-time, I'm not at home full-time for my child, so my son is with his mother, yeah. and I have him Friday to Sunday, which, look, it works perfectly for us. If I'm off, if it's a bank holiday, yeah. I can keep him longer, yeah. or depending on Depending on what we're planning, yeah. But the reason that dads are, and I'm delighted in your situation, but the reason that dads are going through this long, slow, laborious, heartbreaking process because they can't, it's not about access, sorry, it's not about maintenance because they're clearly paying that. They wouldn't go into court looking for access to a child if they're not paying maintenance, so they are. It's trying to get rights to see their children. That's why they're going to court. It can be a long process. In my case, look, it was just over two and a half years. Doesn't matter to me. I, if you ask me to burn Cork City to see my son, I'll ask you which building you want burned first. Yeah, I know. Simple as. Yeah. That's me. I know a lot of fathers in the same situation. Their children are our lives. And, but that's okay. I understand that too, yeah? No. It is a long process. If you can be patient, it will work out for you in the end because the courts will see that a child does need both parents regardless. Provided but the long process parents, isn't acceptable because the child, this could start when the child is four and if it takes... In some cases, seven years. Sure, the child is 11 and heading into teenage years. Like all those yes, wasted and lost it's time. Detrimental. It's detrimental to the child. I believe it's detrimental. And on dad. Health. And on dad's health. Look, fathers do in general fight. A, they can fight a losing battle. And it does take its toll mentally. Believe me, it does. But look, I have a very good outcome in the end. I'm probably one of very, very few. But every day I wake up knowing... I can FaceTime my son today, or my son can FaceTime me if he wants. Or he could ring me and go, Dad, will you come over and see me? And I go, ask mum, is it okay? Yeah. And mum is like, yeah, not about it. Come on off for you 10 see, minutes. I know yeah. that, and it's perfect. But I'm just thinking of all of the lost years between a father and a son or a father and a daughter while the legal system grinds on so slowly. Which can be horrible, yes. I do understand yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, it should be sped up to a point that does it need to go to court? Um, can there not be an outside mediation like, like just for argument's sake? No, you have the Person Injury Assessment Board, which will oversee something before it goes to court. True. Can there be a process that mediation. there's a family law system mediation possibly before court and yeah. work it that way? That yeah. it's still a court agreement, but it doesn't take the labour into it, as in it doesn't take six, seven years into it. Yeah. Possibly yeah. so, which would be look in a lot of cases could be ideal for could be ideal for mum. But in the bottom of the day, it's ideal for the children because they get to see both parents. So here's another man due in this case, another man saying, keep going, be patient. Unfortunately, yes. But in the end, think of that's still your child. You will get your time. It's just going to take time for you to get Why there. do you think then that many people just hone in on, as they say, these deadbeat dads who walk away and can walk away and don't financially compensate or pay maintenance or care about access? 
can I can I choose not to comment on that because I just don't believe in that. I love my child. I want to have my child. I do what I do. Everybody has their reasons and personal reasons are personal reasons. Personally, okay, I think dad should see their children. Okay, pal. Thank you for that. Cheers, Michael. Text 0868104106. Chatting earlier on with John, somebody who works in the area of domestic abuse says that uh, I would recommend that he get in touch with the one-stop shop on the North Main Street. They're funded by Tusla. There's also the Cork Social Health Education Project. It's a panel of therapists who will help him in trauma. Uh, And I have a phone number here, which I'm happy to pass on to him. Um, I just need to check first to see if this is a public phone number to see if I can give it out on air. A panel of therapists specializing in trauma. Um, What he needs also is a protection order against the ex. And the one-stop shop will go to court with him and support him right through the process as well. Thank you for that to the individual who got in touch who works in the area of domestic abuse. Might actually um, come back to you on that at at midday and get a little bit more detail. Um, This would be men who are going through or suffering abuse or, um, you know, parental alienation of children or indeed abusive texts or being being threatened or false allegations being made against them by a, what you can only describe as maybe, if it's it's false, then it's being made by a toxic ex-partner. Uh, because this this text might be about an awful lot of people, men and women. Um, so I'll come back to that again. My father was abusive mentally and physically and an alcoholic. And my husband wasn't abusive but couldn't stay off drink. The best thing I ever did was walk away with my beautiful kids. I had 10 years of promises to stay sober. He wasn't a bad person. He always provided financially for the kids, but he just couldn't stay sober. And he still isn't. Isn't that just awful listening to that dad that Neil spoke to, John? Uh, why doesn't he block her altogether? She sounds like as if um, she should be blocked and he sounds like such a lovely guy. Having a horrible dad too when he was young. How do you make it after leaving such an awful home? A lot of people should not be parents as our children are the most precious things in our lives. Don't forget they look up to us for all of the guidance that they have to go out into the world with. Thankfully I had excellent parents. Uh, we had uh, so little but we were happy and in love. Uh, says Marie in Clon. Uh, text 0868 PJ after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. With people like John who I spoke to just after nine this morning is going through what he is at the hands of an ex-partner. The one-stop shop. It's called OSS Cork. It's been here since uh, the year 2000. Uh, started out um, as um, uh, a help and a project to help uh, violence against women but now supports all adult victims of various, what we term as being domestic violence, I suppose. They have a 1-800 number, um, and it's 1-800-497-497. Uh, 1-800-497-497. I, suggest, I would suggest that you should pick up that phone because they have the uh, therapist specialising in the kind of trauma uh, that, say, for instance, the likes of John is going through. So it's a 1-800 number, 497-497. In fact, there's a lovely text came in from somebody. I feel so sorry for him. This is my conversation with John at the hands of an ex-partner. I have no kids, but I went through the same thing, always looking over my shoulder. I hope he meets someone and he gets to be very happy because he deserves it. Take it from someone who knows. If he ever wants to talk, give him my number. I'm female, but uh, if he is looking for a friend to chat to, I would love to chat because I know how he is feeling. I've been in the same place as him, only I'm female. All the best and tell him to stay safe. Uh, keep those calls coming. Text 0868 Vicky, good morning. Vicky Buckley, Family Law Solicitor. Good morning to you. 
Morning, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm getting the impression that um, this is a, a bigger problem than people might think. And all too often, the default is to talk about the dads who refuse maintenance and the term deadbeat dads. It exasperates dads who really have tried to step up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just one of these phrases that's caught on. So it's kind of a, a, wide, a wide stroke moment. Um, I mean, the reality is people's relationships have broken down. And, you know, when you're caught in it and you've, you've got the element of the fact that your relationship has gone, there's emotional upset there. And then you've got to try and be rational all of a sudden about access and maintenance and everything. It is a whirlwind. Mm. So I think your previous caller there was absolutely spot on when he was saying, you know, just take a breath, be focused, you know, and, and, and try and take that emotional, overwhelming feeling kind of out of it. It is a process. It is a process. But you will get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, you will get there, but you might get there where a toddler has turned into a teenager before you get the rights in court that you're deserved. So, yeah, look, the, the court process kind of works. If you, if you work with the system, the, the whole process will work with you. Now, I say that in a very objective sense because, obviously, I'm not in the middle of, you know, this, this, this relationship breakdown. Um, the... I suppose if you're going into court and your previous caller said this, you know, try and take a step back and look at it from the point of view that this is your kids' access to you as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Are kids asked what they want? They can be brought into the court. Um, it's, it's, it's very rare that they're brought in. But I suppose, look, the way to look at it is the judges have to under the legislation, I want to be all very solicitory on it, right? But their task under the legislation is to make sure that both parents have a relationship with the child. And they have to look at it from the point of view of the child. So that's the starting point, generally. Um, but, you know, I suppose the real world kicks in then and you have two people who really don't like each other anymore. There's definitely a bit of one, one-upmanship. There's definitely a little bit of, you know, he didn't pay me money, so I'm not giving him access. That's not acceptable. And the courts will not find that acceptable. You can't play one off the other. No, but let's, let's go in with the assumption that a man isn't stupid enough to go in looking for access and not paying maintenance. And clearly, I, I would be of the belief that anyone that goes into a court system, men are smart enough to know that they need to be paying their maintenance. Um, no, it does happen. It does happen. Really? Um, or sometimes what can happen is they won't, if, if access is pulled by one partner, then they'll say, well, I'm not paying the maintenance anymore either. So that's where you get into the, the real kind of tick fight element. Forgive of it, me, that makes sense to me when you put it that way, yeah. You know, that kind of way. So, like, if, if, you, if you take a step back from that point of view, then things will start to calm down a little bit. It's kind of like, well, if you're not doing that, well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then the child is lost in the middle of it and you're in and out of court and they're journeying it and they're looking for reports or they're looking for reviews and it goes on and on and on. And then you are into the two and three year cycle and you are losing that precious time you know, with, with the children. Why so, do we need a court system for this at all? Why can't there be some form of mediation outside of a very daunting and scary courtroom? No, there is mediation. There is mediation, particularly um, particularly being pushed at the moment for people that they would actually, because it, it, as you said, it's not as scary. It's a very informal setting. And, you know, you do sit down with the mediator who are trained very specifically in trying to resolve, you know, what may have happened. 
um, beforehand. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people do kind of go, actually, it's not as adversarial, it's not as scary, it's not as, you know, solicitors bouncing around and barristers bouncing around and judges in and out and guards and everything. And they can kind of focus on what's important. And sometimes mediation will actually give you a better result in lots of other areas. Do you know what I mean? Not just with regards to access. It'll be to do with, you know, maintenance. It'll be to do with maybe holidays, you know, working together more. So it is an option. And it's actually the legal profession. We're, we're actually, you know, advised to instruct clients to consider doing that before okay. you go to court. Okay. But if you actually look at some of the stories that I've heard down through the years, it um, could be summed up by many men. That where a relationship breaks down, the ex-partner, the mother will say, you no longer love me, you have left me, um, and I'm going to make you pay. And that can also involve lying about the situation. You you know as well as I do, I've been in the courts long enough to know now that that does happen. Absolutely. That is, that is, you know, well, you've walked away from me and I'm going to show you now because I'm in the house and I have the children and I'm going to make your life misery on it. But look, you could, you can look at that my whole approach to it, and a lot of my colleagues' approach to it, is right. We're here now. We're putting a line what, in the sand. Yeah, but why? Why? You know, why behave that way? Men are taking their lives because of this. They literally haven't the will to live because of the absolutely. toxicity absolutely. of an ex-partner, the connivingness of ex-partners who lie, who, who sure. even who even cancel. It must be heartbreaking for a dad who loves his son or daughter, and they find a text message an hour before collection saying a lied, made-up story as to why they can't collect their child for a day or a weekend. Sure, that would... I, Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. And that is, that, that is human nature. That is, that is, the, that is the nastiness of, of humans towards each other. Yeah? So I think in, in taking a breath and availing... But hold on a second. Of, when, when are we ever hearing of men doing that to women? I'm hearing it of women doing it to oh, men. No, no, it happens. Me. It happens. Absolutely. It happens. It happens. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, I, I, and sometimes I think actually serving court papers antagonizes the situations even further. And things, you know, whoever serves the papers first nearly has a one-upmanship kind of element on us, you know. So there's, there's all sorts of moments. But it does, no, it does happen. It does happen. There's a lot of women very disappointed that, you know, there's a court order made for access or a court order made for maintenance. And sure, they might not even show up. So the, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it happens on both yeah, but sides. I, I know, really but I'm trying, I'm trying to address the men this morning who are suffering yeah. um, and, yeah. and really don't. And you know what? To be honest with you, unfortunately, men sometimes aren't the greatest communicators with regards to their True. emotions. So they True. may not they may not fight the best fight. You know, they might have the best will in the world, but they mightn't fight the yeah. best fight. Absolutely. And, and, and sometimes when people, as you said, go into to court and it can be a bit overwhelming, they, they, they just kind of stand there. They don't, they don't say anything. Um, it's, it's, it, they don't communicate and, and they think that the system is stacked against them because traditionally, you know, it is the view that the court will say, well, the children should stay with mom and as the primary carer and dad can come and go. You know, there's no family law case the same. Every single case has different variances in it. So that's not necessarily always the case. So when lads do find themselves in a situation like this, it is really important to talk. It's important to talk to your best friend. It's important to talk to your GP. There's nothing unmanly about it. In fact, it's, you know, it's quite brave and it's quite strong to say, lads, I don't know what to do here because I think I'm going to go into court and I'm going to get my children taken off me and half my wages taken off me and I've no say about it. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, like, that's how they feel. No, talk it out. 
talk it out, go to your GP. Um, you know, go and I'm, I'm not advocating for the solicitor, but like go and talk to the solicitor. Um, you know, there is legal aid available for people who think, oh, well, I can't afford a solicitor. Um, that is there. There is um, thankfully a huge increase in men's support groups, um, as in, you know, the way we would have had the, the domestic violence uh, support groups that would have primarily been there for women. That's now there for men as well. Yeah, okay. Well, and, and not before time that men get the help, the equal amounts of sure. help. Here's a typical one for you, though, summing up exactly what I've been saying to you. I haven't seen my children in over five years, Neil. I've been dragged through the courts and made to jump through hoops. My ex just enjoys punishing me, and she had a court rooting for her and on her side. I was accused of being mentally ill. I had reports written by psychologists based on my ex's testimony. I had to walk away from my sanity in the end. They wanted me eventually to have supervised access and pay 100 euro to a Tusla supervisor for each visit. I'm an educated, respectable man who never got so much as a speeding ticket. The fellow who loves his children and obviously has been lied about. Um, and unfortunately, do you guys know when the person you're representing them is lying? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I suppose that's 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 kind of um, an experience in, in what you're doing kind of position. Um, you, you know when emotions are full on high, you, you have to take step. Sorry, you have to take a step back as a practitioner and go, sure, that couldn't be true. Do you know what I mean? You, you, like, if people are putting their faith in us to represent them within the family lost, you have to shout stop and you have to say, sure, that can't be true. Let's let's go back outside. Let's talk about this. And let's see where we go with it. Because people do lie. Absolutely. People do. I'll never forget the first time I, I saw somebody who was lying under oath. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But it's the reality of what you're dealing with. Yeah, was it so, a woman? Um, oh, no. It was a long time ago now. But it was, I, I, I mean, you know, it's, I, I deal with the guys every day of the week. And still when I get stopped at traffic or whatever, you know, you'd be in the horrors. But it's people do lie. And people are nasty. And they are horrible. And they are controlling. And sometimes when people see a gap and they say, oh, look, I'll, I'll zone in on this now again. You know, that's, that's not going to resolve the situation. And what I say to people is, if you're going to go to court, like your previous caller said there, if you're going to go to court... And it's, it may sound easy for me to say this, but it, it is time at, on that day to say, right, you know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm not going to dwell on what he said or what she said or what her mother said or what her father said or her next-door neighbour said all over the years. This is about me moving forward and getting to spend time with my beautiful children. You know? And, like, if I take this as a starting point and we negotiate some kind of... Um, I don't know, say, that, say dad hasn't seen the child in a while. In those types of situations, there would be a slow and gradual kind of increase back into the child's life. It's every court yeah, But that, that, that only will work if the ex-partner, and I'm talking yeah. on behalf of men now, and this yeah. is the ex-partner being female, that she tells the truth. Uh, look, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's 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 not in the and like oh, a lot of what has come into you is true that if it's lies and if it's a twist on what may or may not have happened, or if it's a disgruntled ex, be it he or she, you know that's how do you engage with that? Do you know I have I mean? no that's, idea. That's, I have no that's, idea. Um, that, that's the reality of what you're doing. So you have to be you have to be objective in it. Um, all sorts of reasons. I, I would hope that up. in the event of the lie being discovered as being a lie, even in a family law court, that somebody would be prosecuted for perjury and lying. It is something that is looked very, very seriously upon. And if somebody is, is found to be lying like that, 
I have seen me and I have seen other colleagues who said, you know what, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm staying in this case at all. It's contempt. You've lied under oath. Um, it is something that the judges are taking very, very seriously okay. because okay. they know the consequences okay. are these beautiful children are missing out. Say, just finally, um, without throwing too many questions of you, um, is, is it a case that if, say, for instance, a father, for whatever reason, does not or cannot pay maintenance, that he can be jailed? Okay, so the maintenance process is um, the, the applicant will first bring the, the, the maintenance application. Um, maintenance is uh, decided upon by way of both of the parties presenting what I know they that. call a statement. The amount means. is agreed, yeah, I know that. Right, yeah, yeah. so the statement of means is considered by the court what money comes in and what money goes out and what money is left, right? So that's how it's initially decided upon. If there's an order made and the person, be it he, mom or dad or whoever is ordered to pay the maintenance, does not pay that, that can go back in before the court and that does then can become a criminal matter. Okay, right? and that could relead in, result in a custodial sentence, right? And I will tell you for sure that the courts at the moment are not looking kindly upon it at all and they okay. are indeed um, imposing custodial even, sentences. Even upon a dad who has zero access to a son and daughter where the court has instructed access to a son or daughter. No, no, no. That, I know, no and I'm not saying cause, because of the variance in it. If, if that kind of messing is going on, well then obviously, look, you, they're not just, you're not just sent up to prison. You're given a warning and you're given an opportunity within a hearing to actually get your money up and running and get things sorted. Right. So at that hearing you'd be saying, well look, at, you know, I know judge it's not it's 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 not exactly as it should be, but I haven't seen the child in however many days, okay. and then it flips around and other bits. So there is a forum. Okay, so when it flips around like up. that, does the court do anything or take any action against the mother or the ex-partner oh, who isn't? The, uh, uh, listen, wait a I second, but, the receiving end of it. No, no I'm, I'm just just to finish yeah. the point because you're saying that a yeah. man can go to jail for a matter like this, but if the court instructs a partner, an ex-partner, or a mother to allow access to a dad who loves his children and she acts the the maggot on it, for want of a better yeah. term. Um, can she be sent to jail for breach of a court order? Well, it can be deemed as contempt, but I suppose um, that it, it, is, it is a breach of a court order and it is contempt and it can be brought back in before the judge. Contempt can result in custodial sentences. Um, okay, but have, has any, have any men ever gone to jail for not paying maintenance? Yes. Have any women ever gone to jail for not obeying a court order for access to a son or daughter or children? I, I personally haven't come across it. Um, I throw my I, hands up yeah. in the air, so I yeah. just don't get it. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. I mean, well, why, why is yeah, that you, like? I mean, why do they look more favourably on a woman who breaks an order and look more disfavourably on a dad who doesn't pay? I suppose by reason, and, and I'm not justifying whatever decisions might be made in any event, but I suppose by reason of circumstances whereby a mum might be the primary carer, um, and they're not going to put so, somebody into custody. So where, a toxic ex-partner you know, then female knows this that she's untouchable no 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 they're not untouchable they're not untouchable and I, I, I and I think what happens is that just say in this situation men do get exacerbated by the situation because it is a, maybe a common perception that you know mom is, is, is untouchable that's, that's not true and that's not true and I, what I'd say to people both men and women in that situation where they are exacerbated by the whole post process is take a breath I know, I know that, but that, I'm yeah. not disputing that. The patients are yeah. trying to be civil about it. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. the disparity between how the court reacts to a dad and the court reacts to a mother in the event well, of I not playing ball. 
Yeah, well, look, maintenance is 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 separate under 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 the the, the court legislation, right? In fact, if you default in your maintenance um, until it's actually paid, you don't get out. It's it's stemming from the old debtor prisons long ago. It's it's unfair on men. Well, I mean, you could have a lady who is in the position as well, but yes, you're right. Primarily, it is men that are are paying maintenance, but it apply, it's, it's, it applies to whoever's paying the maintenance. And if there's a default in it, but I don't want like it's it's not if you if you default you're going straight to court prison. There is a process. There okay. is a, a three step process in it. Like you're not just picked up and brought up. You you do you do get the opportunity to go in. And in a lot of situations, it is the reality of what you're saying. They're saying, "What can I do?" The only way I can see the child is by not paying maintenance, and then that's hashed out again. So you're not just picked up and sent straight off. That's not that's not there. No, I know that. I don't want to overly yeah. labour the point, but it certainly has yeah. been shown to me this morning that in the event of a, an ex-partner or a mother who doesn't allow access to the children or mm. breaches access orders, nobody lays a glove on her apart from a tut-tut, don't do it again. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I suppose. Well. Yeah, look, traditionally, that's, that's the way it is. I do certainly think things are changing. Um, and, you know, contempt or non-compliance with a court order, I'm seeing them far more frequently brought back in. Whereas before, lads would say, do you know what? I'm done. I can't deal and I'm going away. Whereas now they're saying, no, no, hang on a second. And they do go in. And the, like, the, there, is, there is, you know, repercussions for, for the person who's refusing to give the access. Because, okay. as, I, like, as I said to you at the start, the court is supposed to look at this from the point of view that it is in the best interest of the child. They have to look at that. Yes, but, uh, yes but if both parents that. are equal to the rights of the child, then both parents should be treated equally and the same in court. Absolutely, and you know what? If if everybody kind of was in a position, which is a very unrealistic outlook on us, to be able to say, right, lads, we're here. Let's draw a line and we'll move forward as you know, colleagues, co-parenting. Sure, then it would be fine. But yeah. the reality is, the emotions and the history and what he said, she said. That's, that's something that causes everything to kind of unravel. That's where the friction is. The okay. Thank yeah. you so much, Vicky Buckley, no family problem. law solicitor. Thank, Thank you for calling as always. Uh, good to have you at the end of the phone. Text 0868104106. My apologies uh, to PJ. I know I'm taking an age. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. More calls and texts after 11, but I want to talk to PJ this side of 11. PJ, good morning. Good morning, Neil. One of the morning. Good chatting with you. And one of the points you wanted to pick up on was a post on Facebook that we shared where uh, somebody said, so often men walk away when things get difficult. My daughter recently had a baby. The dad was told by his family to stay away from the baby and the mum or else he'd have to leave the family home. So my daughter worked for years and now she has no choice but to give up work to raise the baby. It's heartbreaking. Why is it so easy for dads to walk away? That's the one you wanted to comment on. Yeah, but just on, uh, kind of reading between the lines of that there, it, it's, that didn't actually walk away. He was influenced by his parents, mother, mum or dad. Or I both, think so. Whatever. I think he got an ultimatum. Not walk away. Yeah, yeah. And it says a lot about him. Obviously, if he's had, a, if he's had a, a daughter in a relationship with a woman, you'd imagine he's in his late teens, 20s, possibly. So therefore, um, if he's going to be said and led by his mum at that age, well, then he, I don't think he'd, he'd, he'd make very good uh, ground as a husband. Well, we don't, we don't know how he felt about it. I mean, if, if he agreed to what they wanted him to do, even well, though he didn't want to do did. it. We used to call those, those kind of people mammy's boys. Mammy's boys. Well, that's exactly what they are. They're the mammy's boys. You see, and a lot of, a lot of mothers are trying to mollycoddle their, 
their sons nowadays, you know, the younger generation try to money coddle their sons. So every woman wants to marry a man, but she wants to, she doesn't want to marry the man uh, that's her mother's son. She wants to marry the man that's going to be yeah, her Yeah, but even, even on that basis, the text doesn't actually specify that it was his mother told him to stay away from the baby and the mammy of the baby. It could have been his dad yeah, told him. Yeah, well, a lot of the mother, we all love our mammies. And I know why my did she say that? Like, why would you want to be... You want to be really kind of like um, very cold-hearted for a mother to say that to a son who's just uh, I mean, a baby. That mum or dad, whichever or both. I mean, that's their grandchild. You I mean, they can't. They can't deny that. They might ignore. Well, they can't it, deny but... that. No, and they shouldn't deny their son the the pleasure because it is a pleasure uh, raising children. It's probably one of the greatest gifts I think any man could do is, mm. is to raise a child of it. My own story, as you know, I've spoken to you about it before. I was born in a mother and baby home. Mm. I never knew my dad, mm. you know. Mm. And when my son was handed to me, my eldest lad was handed to me 20-odd years later, 22 or 23 years later, it was a blank canvas. I didn't know what to do. I never had a dad. But I had a, a, a my nan reared me, and she was, she was mum and dad. Yeah, but a lot um, of people that, you know, it's it's instinctive, I suppose. It was instinctive, was it not? It is. I remember looking at him the very first. <laughs> he was born He was born with an, an emergency cesarean. And I remember when the surgeon brought him out of the operating theatre, obviously I wasn't allowed in, but I was waiting outside the door at the tender age of 22 or 23. And he brought him out and he was wrapped up and he's in a green blanket. And he says to me, congratulations, it's a boy. And I, I'm starstruck. I didn't know what to say. But you know what I did say? Mm. I just looked at the surgeon and I, I said, the force is strong in this one. <laughs> Don't ask me where strong. he came from. And as it turned out, he's a mad Star Wars fan as well. So, <laughs> But, you know, I come, we were just talking to some people, some men there. I kind of come from both sides of that argument because me and my first wife broke up when I lived in England and we kind of came to the agreement that she would come back to Ireland I would stay working and I'd send over money and and a trial period and see that we you know the bond still between us unfortunately it wasn't and eventually I came home and I was working so I was passing that she quit under the table to her but when we wound up in court for the divorce she came after me for maintenance and she wasn't going to give me custody of the children who were still small at the time to trade them at the time they were still small. I'm going back to the 90s now, middle 90s. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it got nasty. And I, I would have, I suppose, for the two years she I was come, in... She didn't come after you for maintenance, PJ. You need to pay the maintenance. Oh, yeah, but I was. I was paying it underneath the counter. She had her she had her social welfare payment here. Yeah. So I was passing that underneath the counter. And... I did have difficulty seeing the children, number one, because I was working, and number two, um, she could be very awkward at, at times. Mm, okay. So when we got into court, you know, I, I didn't even bring a solicitor. I just said to our solicitor on the day, look, I said, all I want is just visitation rights to the children. I said, I'll help any way I can, mm. whenever I can, and leave it at that. But no, she, she, she just turned and got really nasty with me. Yeah, um, I won't drill into the uh, personal yeah. aspect of that for, for legal reasons. And I will finish this conversation with you, I promise. I'm interested in uh, your the fact that you never knew your dad, but I'm going to do it after 11 if you're still free. Back after 11, text 0868104106. 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Just quickly, Kilkenny Shop um, in store and also online at kilkennyshop.com. A 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Designs. Day four, Thursday. And our theme today is art. And they have gorgeous paintings and prints from lots of Irish artists. And art is the theme. And on that basis, three songs, artists and titles in the correct order. And the theme of the three songs, of course, is art. So let's have a listen to them. Don't call just yet, but... Uh, around about 10 minutes to midday if you can identify the three songs artists and titles you'll win a 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Design uh, have a listen but don't call just yet just have a listen paint your palette blue and grey Mona Lisa fairly straightforward although it spans a few decades we'll play again a couple of times between now and 10 to midday I'm Lana O'Connor Red FM News is first for local national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie The Neil Prenderville Show Red FM The town yesterday afternoon and I was in town for a few hours just picking up on some of our conversations yesterday somebody was saying that the state of the city centre particularly Patrick Street is just gone down the tubes. I wasn't on Patrick Street, but I certainly was on Oliver Plunkett Street, Grand Parade and the South Mall. And I have to say, uh, it was quite, for want of a better word, disappointing, if not alarming, to see some of the characters on our streets and the state and the condition and the carry-on of them. The fighting and the roaring and the begging and um, the, uh, unfortunately, absolutely presence of people who are in the throes of addictions and getting younger and younger. There was one particular individual who was roaring and screaming at uh, another man who happened not to be uh, the same colour skin or from the same part of the world. Uh, But the abuse that he was given, he was absolutely out of it and totally and utterly demented. And this poor misfortunate young man just didn't know what to do, where to go, where to turn. There was other people then came along passing this scenario men and women and partners and one woman said to those men, don't even get involved in this the city's gone to rack and ruin just walk away uh, and they did it's got that kind of an uneasy feeling that you'd constantly be on guard and in some some way shape or form you could never you couldn't ever really kind of relax that was my thought yesterday it was it was sad really it really was that's the way it is. I just mentioned that for what it's worth yesterday. Um, text 0868 I just want to finish my conversation uh, with PJ. One of the points that he mentioned was that um, his mam gave birth to him in a mother and baby home. PJ, do you mind me if I ask you about this? You may have said it to me before, but did the impact of having not having a dad have any negative impacts on you? Well, um, no, not particularly. Um, like I said to you, I was lucky enough. It was my nan that took me out to Sean Ross Abbey. And she reared me along with her own uh, children, who would have been a little bit older than me. But, uh, no, it, it didn't. And what, where was, was your own birth mum? My own, I would have known my own birth mum as my sister up. Ah, uh, yes, I remember up. that. And there was a lot of it went around at that time, Neil. There was a lot of that. Now, the reason was that said a lot of the, the time reason, in, in, rural, in, in, in Ireland of the years gone by? Oh yeah, yeah, and it was it was very much uh, rural Ireland. It was on the Leash Kilkenny borders, like where people so. said, "I'm, you know, this is your sister," or is actually your mother. Oh, it was actually your mother, yeah. And I, I wouldn't have been. I was told I was the only one in 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 this in society, and I was reminded of it on several occasions, you know. And that strike that was on my birth certificate, where it says "Dad's name," was just a a strike of a pen. When were and, you told um, that your sister was actually your mother then? Um, when I was 10 years of age, 
I was told that uh, my the woman I knew with my sister was actually my mother. Uh, How did that make you feel? Um. Oh, uh, I was a little taken aback by it, but I knew there was something amiss. I, I, I knew there was something wrong, even in my childhood years, because there wasn't actually a, a male figure, and some of the people I'd go and, excuse me, <clears throat> some of the people, children I'd play with, their dad would be in the house. And I often wondered himself why. Mm. And my granddad died shortly after I was born mm. himself, so um, this is what I was told. Yeah. This is what I was told. Oh, your 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 dad died. That your dad there it wasn't. It was my granddad. And did your mum, when she told you when you were ten, did you ever get the the feeling that she hadn't want to be um, you living as your sister and would have preferred for you to know the truth? Or did society at the time prevent that? Yeah, um, I think society would have prevented it. And I don't know what happened. I don't know whether my nan adopted me, whether I was taken, whether I was. Sold, whatever, I don't know. I was never filled in on that. I'm actually in the throes of doing that at the present moment, but that's a story for another day. Mm. Um, yeah, my, yeah, and we, we had, we had a, we never had a, a, a mother and son relationship. That was destroyed. It's very difficult yeah. to strike up a relationship with a child who's 15, 16, 14, 15, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Those valuable years are gone when your proper mam and your dad wasn't there. Yeah, I know. You know, so to to that extent, it it, it could be difficult. But was your mam in the house with you as your sister, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she had had two children from her marriage. um, After? Yeah, after me. Yeah. And um, they, they were... They're as close to biological sisters as I would have. Bear in mind, my nan's children would have been my aunties and uncles, really, but, you know, they still refer to me as their brother. You would you have know? been their uncle. Yeah. I would have been their uncle, but they still, still refer to me as their, as their brother. And my children's, my sister's children now... I'm still Uncle PJ to them. Mm, okay, okay. Like, and 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 they do know they do know the whole story, but like I said, it was very difficult. We never. My mum Rosie, she used to give me a hug and tell me she loved me and she called me son, but I could never call her mum. Mm, very sad. Isn't it? When when Mammy died, when my nan died, like the woman that fought for me, the woman that gave me the knowledge in life I have. The woman that wiped the blood off my nose and off my knee and brought me to school and stood up for me and I carried her coffin when she died. I was about 18 when she died, so I carried her coffin and I buried my mother and I grieved for my mother that day. And then eventually my biological mother died and yes, I did grieve and yes, I did love her too, but that Bond wasn't there. I know, I know. And what about the what about your birth dad? There was never any word as to who he was or where no, he was, was from or was, the circumstances um, of why he wasn't in your life. Yeah, well, I was told very little about it, but from what I gather, he was married at the time himself, and um, there was a photograph going around of him holding me as a very young baby, and he would have been well known to the family as well. 
he would have been known to to my um, uncles and aunts and, and to my nan as well. Yeah. Now, whether you knew he was married or not, I don't know. Yeah. Whether Rosie knew I was married or not, I don't know. Yeah. The only thing Rosie told me that I was uh, made uh, behind the sand dune on a beach in the Isle of Man. Is that what she told you? <laughs> this is what she told me. Yeah. And I used to joke with her, Ginny, that's, um, that's odd. I went over with my dad and came back in my mum. <laughs> we used to have, we used to have a, a lot of laughs over that, you know. <laughs> okay, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, we and I did love her, and you know, birthdays and anniversaries and stuff comes up, and you know, he put a little thing on Facebook, but he just can't. I, I just can't call her mum, and mm. I don't know why, mm. and I know I should. Mm. But the, the early bond, you see, is... No, it's important. the rearing. It's all in the rearing. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's all in the rearing. Yeah. You mind, know? mind yourself, and PJ. Thanks for the update, pal. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Good chatting you again. Stay Take care. Take care. Cheers, Absolutely. Neil. Absolutely. Take now. care. Text 0868 Staying uh, with calls, if you don't mind. Of course you don't mind. That's why you're listening. Michael, good morning. Hi, Neil. How's things? Um, it's uh, you know I know that was slightly off topic, but let me let me just yeah. get back to what we were talking about. Not altogether off topic. It's about relationships and the directions we take in life. But men um, and how men are treated when relationships break down. Your thoughts on that? Well, just my thoughts. I suppose were your. Um, I suppose you kind of jumped in and out of um, muzzling them. <laughs> the whole topic this morning regarding the first caller spoke away. The second man is gone through the legal system is explaining certain things to you and it's like uh, we won't go there we won't go there do you understand why though no no I, I do I do with respect but at the same time there's people that write books on these things there's people that speak here openly you've had women on your program many times before and and, and sad cases of course yeah and um, and tragic you know and wrong but at the same time they're able to speak about it they're able to speak about going through the court system what happened the outcome but why isn't the same equality afforded to 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 a male? Because a lot of I'm the time, sure I know, Michael. I know, I know. But a lot of time, a lot of the time, what you're referencing there is something that might have gone through a a court system where there would have been. Um, a sentence given out um, and it would have been very public it would have been where a crime might have been committed it might have been an attack, it might have been violence it might have been rape if you're talking about the family law courts it's an entirely different world uh, where the rights of those because these are and these are held in camera they are in private, they're not open to the public the, yeah, the breakdowns yeah. of relationships mm-hmm. or the discussion, discussion of um, uh, maintenance or, or course, yeah. uh, you know, barring orders, things like a, a lot of this is very much, it's anonymous. So it's, it's not that I'm afraid, well, I am afraid to do it because I've got into a lot of hot water in the past. I'd be quite honest with you. I've, got, I've, been, I've been in court on a number of occasions because of issues of this where I've gone too far on air with particular topics. In fact, I was, I was, I was warned by a judge uh, some years ago that if I do it again, I will most definitely go to jail. So that's the reason I'm very I'm very cautious when it comes to family law. It's a very I, I, delicate area. I think area. everybody understands that, yeah. but at the same time it's um it'll never ever be fixed if it's not shown. I, I'm sure that there's a, a vast amount of your audience out there regarding when it comes to just in particular men gone through the experiences of the process and the wrongs that are done there with their sons and with their brothers or sisters. I'm 100% you know, behind those the men. Amount, the but, amount of, but, but who else is behind them? 
No, I know that, but let me, I'm just in case you think that I'm not giving people a fair crack of the whip. If, if somebody if somebody comes on and talks about um, you know a relationship that's gone sour or gone bad, where it's broken down, and they might refer to their ex partner, a woman, say for instance, as being toxic, and they say yeah. things about her on the air, where she is identifiable on the air, of course, and yeah, it is impossible to that. prove what he's saying on the air. Mm-hmm. You, you're about, you're sued for defamation, so that's why. Yeah. Yeah. But what about speaking about authority, about authorities' non-involvement, about authorities, you know, turning a blind eye to things, you know, because anytime someone mentions anything to do with that, it's all tied into what we're speaking about, about men going through the system, you know. It's draconian, and it actually it is. is draconian. It is. And it's very, very, very few... Um, uh, succession it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge fail rate just as a man just being a man just alone you know it's um, and it's not it's not reported but there's no one to go there to you know there's no one to you know well my 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 honest belief is over the years dealing with this topic is that uh, um, that men get a raw deal uh, I have no time for men who should be paying maintenance and aren't right but I think, yeah, yes. okay, so we agree on that. But in all other aspects of when a man goes to court, my, my, my experience of the cases that I've heard about is that men are on the back foot straight away when it comes to trying to get access from a toxic or a, um, a, an angry ex-partner. And, and from wanting the system to believe them. And to know, be believed and to be listened to. You know, to be believed. Yeah, it's, your, it's people say at times when you're talking or explaining, you're losing. But a man is losing when he's talking and explaining just to be held. You know? And that needs to change. It needs to change. It should be changed. It should already be changed. You know? You know? Just equality. Nothing else. It's blatant what's going on there. You know? But nobody wants to go down. And I respect the personal issues and the personal things of recognising people. But, you know, in time, somebody's going to be able to say just even about the system and the wrongs that the authorities do and consistently do. And, you know, I'm sure taking many a person's lives from from that journey of wanting to get the people to believe, wanting to get the truth heard, you know, and block the obstacle because of being a male. Mm-hmm. I, I can't disagree with any of that. And I don't want you to go away thinking that I'm in any way muzzling people's stories. I'm just mm-hmm. protecting them and, and me to an extent, too. That's something that might be said about an ex-partner yeah, would be used to get everybody back into court. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the only yeah, reason. No Thanks, Michael. Yeah, no problem. Cheers, man. Take care. Text 0868-104-106. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Uh, a lot of texts and emails, but I just want to chat to Ron first, then some texts and emails from this morning. So, Ron, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, front and centre in all of these, of course, with regards to the legal profession is money, right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. So what, 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 what I'm saying there, Neil, is this, is right. So, number one, you have no business going into court anyway if you, if, if you don't have money. Because, look, it's, it's uh, we had a saying years ago um, as a family, like, when you, if you go to court, you know, family law court, it is you pluck one, I pluck the other. Do you know? This is the way... We'll one solicitor plucks it. one, the other solicitor plucks the other on the other side. The other. Yeah. But, but yeah, Vicky yeah. Buckley said a while ago there's free legal aid available to people, particularly dads who go into court to fight for custody. It, uh, I, I'm, I'm not too sure about that, no need to be honest with you, but um, for what, for what, well, well I, obviously, like, I mean, there, there's a cap on the free legal aid as well, but look, I've helped people back through the years, right? I've helped people back, back through the years where, where they talk, um, Something will pop up in the court case. It's put back again for another day. It's put back again for another day. And each time when that happens, right? Each each time when that happens, 
it's another day's wages for your solicitor. It's another day's wages for two solicitors. Who's paying right? though? Is it free legal aid is paying or is it private well, money? Well, again, like it all depends on, on, on your financial situation. It all depends on your financial situation, of course. So if you don't qualify right? for free legal aid because you're working and earning too much, you're going to be paying out every single time. Every appearance, every appearance. And Neil, look, I'm sure no, there, there's enough of people listening there that, that can give their experience of that as well. Whereas that, if, look, if, if a husband and wife go, go into the court, right, the husband is right and the wife is right. Mm. Now there's somebody wrong, mm. right? Mm. And w- when this is being fought out inside in the court and the whole we'll get this put back. We need, we need to get more proof or we need to get more. And every time that that happens, it's extra money, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, Neil, I'll tell you, as a, a family member of mine, which is no longer with us, right, is, is no longer with us, right, and I, I've seen, I've learned from from his experience, right, and he actually left the world without having uh, visiting rights. He left the world without having visiting rights. That's tragic, and, uh, Ron, that's tragic. Right, left, they left the world without having visiting rights, and I'll tell you the truth, like, um, forget about... Um, do you know the relationship between the husband and wife or anything like that? Um, do you know the children shouldn't be brought into it? I know. You know? I know. Um, I know. Neil, for myself, and I want to say this, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm 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 married for the second time. My first wife was a pure lady, right? Yeah. Pure lady, and I have and I have a son and a daughter. Beautiful son and a daughter. That's a wonderful right? thing to from, be able to say. In from, fairness from, to from 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 my first marriage. Yeah. But Neil, you have to say it to see because I tell you why, right? And there was no pulling, there was no pulling and dragging, there was no going through the courts or anything like that. There was none of that, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, we could sit down, we could have a chat, we could have a good time with the kids and, 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 and the whole lot at, at the time, and we can still do today. You're you know lucky because there's so many men would wish it have been that way and it wasn't, you Yeah, know? but to see, Neil, to see the point that I'm making here is, right, the point that I'm making here, and it's very important, it's the damage that you can do with all that rough stuff and all that stuff pulling and dragging into the courts and the whole lot. Do you know what I said? This all has an effect on the children. You know, the father no there this morning, want. I don't know if I read the text out yesterday, where the children now are going for counselling because of um, uh, no, no access to their dad. Uh, yeah, and uh, you see, Neil, you have, he said this, she yeah, said sure. that, and the whole lot. Yeah. And then uh, the kids can be drawn into, uh, into it as well. Tell, uh, tell him what your dad done, or tell him what your mother said, or tell, you know, all this yeah. kind of thing. And, all. Yeah. and I tell you something, it has a desperate, desperate effect on children's lives. Totally. Desperate. Yeah. And, and you know something, if they could only see, if they could only see, you know, the, the bigger picture, if they could only see the bigger picture, that is not just about them. It's about the children's lives as well, and the effect that is going to have on them, and their future lives and stuff like that. Okay, you thank know, you for that. that. Well that, said. Very impassioned point, point of view. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Thanks. Bye now. Cheers. Bye. Take Bye. care. Stay listening. Text 0868104106. Just a quick note. As a father going through the system at the moment, all I can say is that the system is outdated and flawed beyond belief. As a dad, you're automatically assumed to not want or care about time with your children. It's automatic. How can a system that considers seven hours a week, Monday to Friday, acceptable for children to see their parent be that a mother or a father. Mornings and evenings are so important to young children especially, uh, and this is not even considered in the court system. You get after work, say on a Tuesday or a Thursday, and home by half past seven. Uh, Let's be real about this. It's all about control. And as soon as you end a relationship as a man, you have zero control. Time is something you're robbed of and you cannot get that back with your children. Time. Precious time. Everyone's case is an individual thing. 
If you're dealing with a vindictive person, you are in for a long, hard process because of that control. It's easy for someone who's on legal aid to keep being brought back to court time and time again to just get basic rights for access to your children. Mediation, though, should be mandatory for every couple before court is an option. I'm five years into this at this stage and the toxic relationship is still there. It will always be there. Unfortunately, my children are being used as what I can only describe as currency and a bargaining chip. It's money and power on one side and on the other is someone who stays awake at night worrying now, worrying how his children are as I'm refused access to them via phone calls or texts outside of my court-appointed access for no other reason than she can do it because she has the power to do it. My children are my life and I will never stop fighting for them but it has pushed me to the brink on many occasions. But there are the ones that have stopped me acting on those thoughts. This issue needs to change and needs to be brought into the public arena. It's time we all wake up to the reality facing dads. That is quite powerful to say the least. And one paragraph of it just jumps out at me when he says that he has refused access to his children by phone call or text outside of the court appointed access. Um, and that seems awfully harsh and cruel, doesn't it? Of course, I, I'm not of a legal background. I can't talk for judges or anybody within the legal profession. But it is okay to have visitation rights a couple of times a week for a few hours midweek. Um, but not outside of that to send a text to a son or daughter. You are not a stranger to them. Why would the court automatically say that that would not be acceptable for you to phone a son or a daughter as a dad or send a text or a WhatsApp, you know, or a funny joke or a, just a how are you? Or If you said and texted a child outside of visitation times and you texted, I love you, good night, you're saying that that's not allowed? I mean, you could weep like when you hear stories like that. It's just... And I, and I know that, you know, somebody maybe of a legal background or maybe even a judge might say there are reasons for this and the reasons are X, Y and Z. But I remain to be convinced. Lots of texts as well, which I will come back to. Um, if you don't mind, I'll just do a few of them now. Uh, listening to your show, I've been raised. I've been raising my son now for nearly 14 years on my own. I have been through it, believe me. And I'm proud I proved everyone wrong, including social services. So to them going through it at the moment... Think about that text. Man has been through it um, and won in the end. I have my child since a court awarded me rights for them to live with me. No maintenance has been given to me. Her solicitors tried to make the dad look like a deadbeat and I represented myself as I was the only one who actually knew the truth. It's all about pro-choice. If a woman chooses not to allow a father not to see his child, the father should be allowed to choose whether he wants to pay maintenance or not. It should be all about choice. System on the side of the mother, methinks, says Richie. Actually, you know, okay, who's being damaged then if you have this kind of pro-choice, pro-quo? It's the children, isn't it? Because they um, uh, are being denied, um, you know, money from the dad so that their well-being and their rearing um, is the best possible. And we all know that takes money. Sad listening, knowing I'm going to... Uh, it's very sad to listen knowing I'm doing it as well where a dad walked away myself and my ex will never get along and it's not my doing it's sad for my son Uh, you need to be smart and have your homework done or the solicitors will make you look silly in court be in touch with all of the agencies keep calm keep away from your phone Um, my son is 18 now and lives with me happy out 
Kids can see everything, even though they don't say anything. I paid maintenance all my life. This is another one. I paid late maintenance all my life and still do, still paying out of my pension. But what about my ex who minds students and kids and has hidden, uh, hidden bank accounts, cash in hand, but still screws me for maintenance? Isn't that a sin? Text 0868104106 and I will come back to them throughout the course of uh, the morning. Um, actually, I can just take another call on another topic because this is kind of a live one at the moment. James, good morning. Hello. Um, you are part of the Cork Palestinian Solidarity Campaign, is that right? That's right, yes. When is the Choral Festival? The Choral Festival is uh, this weekend. This bank holiday weekend. Yes. And the Cork Palestinian Solidarity Campaign has an issue with um, what aspect of the Choral Festival? What we have is uh, an aspect that they, they have, they're entertaining an Israeli choir this year for the first time in several years. Uh, they entertained an, an Israeli choir about five years ago, and at the, at the time we made it clear to them that the Palestinian um, academic and cultural boycott has co- regards Israeli choirs as cultural institutions which are complicit in the Israeli occupation and the denial of uh, Palestinian human rights unless uh, these choirs have publicly denounced the policies of the Israeli state. And have um, the choirs, has the Israeli choir done that? We have, we, we've tried to find out, uh, we've tried to, to look, we have sought to see if they actually have it to the public denial and we have not found it. Uh, and we don't know if Cork City Council has actually checked themselves either. And let me just make the point, we are not against the arrival of Israeli choirs. We are simply against the fact that the Israeli state has a government department which has a policy and has a budget of several t- tens of millions of euros a year to fund the, uh, the travel of Israeli cultural groups abroad as a kind of soft propaganda intended to disguise the oppression of the Palestinian state, intended, sorry, the oppression of okay. the Israeli state by the Israeli state of Palestinians. In fact, in the past, we at the Cork Palestine Solidarity Campaign have offered funding to Israeli artists uh, to come to Ireland. Artists who we either knew beforehand, who uh, were critical of the Israeli state policies toward the Palestinians, or indeed in one occasion there was an Israeli poet who had been invited and we wrote to him to ask him um, if he was... uh, Unha- unhappy with his policies of daily space, okay. really so we were we offered him funding. Okay, I understand. So it's not question of the. It's, yeah. it's, it's but these are these are these are individuals who happen to be Israeli who just wish to come and sing. No, these, these are actually they are a cultural institution. Um, they are regarded as such by the Palestinians, and they are perfectly free if they want to to issue a public denunciation of the policies of the Israeli state. If they do not wish to utter uh, such a denunciation, then one has to ask why and why not, and one has to suspect that uh, they may be supportive of the Israeli state's policies toward the Palestinians. And, and, and should, we, well, should we be I, I, should I, I we be that way with regards to every country that unlawfully occupies anybody else's land? Because there are uh, a lot of them. Uh, uh, absolutely. There aren't actually an awful lot, but absolutely, of course I agree with that. Yes, which would certainly be the case, for example, if a Moroccan choir were to come to Cork, um, we would treat, we would reg- say that the, the Moroccan choir should be treated in exactly the same way as the Palestinian choir. Morocco is, a, is, a, is occupying Western Sahara. If there were a, a Chinese choir, uh, coming to Cork, um, and if they they were n- uh, not 
denouncing uh, Chinese government policies in Shenzhen. Right. Okay. What about Russian? A Russian choir? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Well, what about a British choir with what many would regard as the illegal and lawful, unlawful occupation of the six counties? Uh, that that is whether you are. If you choose to regard the uh, the fact that the six counties are still part of the United Kingdom as an occupation, that's something. That's a view for you to take. Neil, I'm not taking that view. I'm talking about uh, occupations which are internationally recognized as such. Mm, okay. And what do you intend to do when they, I've, I assume they haven't arrived yet, but will soon? Well, we, we intend to make a silent protest outside every venue where they're going to sing. But there's another point here as well. Would many people Cork- attend on behalf of the Cork Palestinian Solidarity Campaign? A Sorry? silent protest. Yeah. How many of you would attend the silent protest? Well, we'll see how many turn up on the day. Uh, sometimes we only have a few dozen. Sometimes, as you know, or may or may not know, when when they're actually when unfortunately it's only when Israel commits massacres in in Palestine that we actually have huge crowds of people on the street. Um, there, there may be large numbers, or there may only be a few dozen. I can't tell you, okay. but whatever, there will you, be. You, a you know, and, and I'm not actually taking a side on any on any side on this, incidentally, because I know that we have close bonds with Palestine as a country. We really do, and have had for a long, long time, considering our own struggles. But there are deaths on both sides. <laughs> if you really want to get into an account of the history, I can do so, but All it will right. take more time than are available today. All right, today. my friend. Okay. The, I fact, just, okay. the fact of the matter is, let me just mention one other point which makes it so incongruous. Cork City Council, in the middle of October last year, passed several motions on the issue of the Israeli occupation of Palestine. Cork City Council declared itself uh, an anti-apartheid zone and also declared its support for uh, the Palestinian... Oh, uh, right. that is campaign. interesting, because you would say that the choral group that are coming from Israel are paid by the state of Israel to travel. We are. We are. We we want to know if that's the case, and we have a strong suspicion that they may be, and we uh, okay. have not seen any evidence that they are not. Okay, you and don't know if they're here coming here from with regards to fundraising activity. We are. We are. We are saying that they are unless. There is a strong possibility, indeed likelihood, that they are actually receiving some funding from the Israeli state. A strong possibility uh, or likelihood doesn't make it so, though. No, we're asking, we're asking, and, and, and we, but also, furthermore, even quite apart from that, the Palestinian criterion is, have they uttered a public denunciation? They have not uttered any public denunciation that we can find, and okay. we have made an effort to find it out. What would you and, say to people who will now accuse me of engaging in an anti-Semitic conversation? This is, this, the smear of anti-Semitism is just uh, a claim that the Israelis are using to disguise their ill treatment of Palestinians. Okay, thank you for asking the question. I happen to have Jewish okay. members in my own family. I happen to have lots of okay. uh, Israeli friends. We frequently host Israeli friends in our house here. Uh, We've and, okay, thank you for answering it. You've been very specific. The Cork the Choral Festival did issue me with a statement. They said, following an individual approach made to the Cork International Choral Festival's board, I'm assuming that's from your group, to impose a boycott on the participation of Israeli choirs at the festival, we considered the decision carefully. The unanimous view was that it was not appropriate for the festival to promote, as a corporate entity, a specific political view on the status of any of its applicants, participants or Choirs. The festival's central purpose has been to foster mutual understanding between singers and nationalities and countries 
through the experience of choral singing, open and to accept applicants from any country. Indeed, following the Second World War, a number of choral festivals were founded with just such a mission. Equally, the festival would be obliged to take appropriate action if it was perceived that any participant choir was attempting to utilise the festival platform to promote or support in any manner a particular ideology for its own ends. How would you respond to that? They say that they, they, say that they are not political. It is always political. No, 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 that's and the statement. The, the yeah, that's, what, that's what they're saying, but that's not true. And furthermore, if we just look at... I could ask the following question, really. Would they actually... Would um, If there were a choir from Moscow that was being funded by Putin's government, would Cork be happy to host such a choir in, in Cork? That's in the, the $65 million dollar question. There was a Russian tennis player yesterday denied access to a flight, uh, an international flight, because she was Russian. But yes. Well, I'm not she, coming on. I'm actually even being more specific. If there were a Russian choir that was being funded by Russian government money, would that choir be welcome in the Cork Choral Festival? I would. I will have to ask them that question. But uh, do you know of a Russian choir participating? No, there isn't one. And you can guess, I I have a strong suspicion that such a choir would not be welcome this year. And I have a strong suspicion that Cork Choral Festival would expect expect strong pushback if there were such a, a pushback. And furthermore, this notion mm. about cultural understanding and so on, is, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of a phrase that was used relative to South Africa in the 1980s and 70s and earlier. It was called constructive engagement. Uh, constructive engagement was the excuse that regimes such as Thatcher's regime in England used in order to, uh, when they were actually still supporting uh, South African apartheid, even as late as the late 1980s. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all, we all know the role that Thatcher had to play in many things around the world and in the South African narrative. It was the role of Nelson Mandela that made all of the difference in the end. So, if the, it, and they will participate, I guess, um, if, if there is a venue, for instance, that hosts the Israeli choirs, there seems to be more than one, is there? No, there's only one this year. There, okay. there, there was, a, I think, the last time that they you, were here, there was a, a choir that was actually jointly formed on an ad hoc basis by two choirs within Israel. Okay. This year, as far as we know, there's only one. Okay, and, and you will be there at the venue protesting. We will be there at the venue protesting. What is the venue? Where is it? Do you know? No, well, actually, there are several venues. There are. They will be appearing at five venues. We will. They will be touring around to five venues, and we will be following them. Okay. All right. Keep me up to date, James, if you don't mind. Thanks for the update, though. Thanks for taking the call, James Brown, the Cork Palestinian Solidarity Campaign member for the upcoming Choral Festival. You can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. The Neil Brendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. All right, those phone lines are open now for another two hundred euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. Both the shop and in store and online at KilkennyShop.com. Now they have all sorts of different beautiful things on sale. We do a different theme of what they sell every day. Today it's art, and they've got gorgeous paintings and prints from lots of Irish artists and beautiful designs. You can check them out in store or online. Spend it on whatever you want. We've done fashion. We've done jewellery. We've done, uh, we're doing art this morning. So three songs, artists and titles, back-to-back in the correct order. Caller 9 gets them all right. You win a €200 Euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. Here we go. Paint your palette blue and grey. Paint your 
Pick up the phone, 0818104106. With regards to one of our main topics this morning, more text. Never have an attitude, even if you're being slated, as they will try to draw your temper out. Just say nothing until the judge, and only the judge, asks you a question. Don't reply to the other side's solicitors. The texter says, don't reply to her solicitors. Don't say hi, don't smile, do nothing until spoken to. Then go 100% at it with all of your paperwork done. That's exactly what I did. Morning, excellent show. It's a breath of fresh air talking on and taking on male issues. As for any ignorant male or female contributor suggesting men should have no say on abortion, a woman can terminate a pregnancy and the father has no say whatsoever. However, if the father says he's not ready to be a father for the same reason, a woman can terminate. Um, He has no say in the matter to tell her to terminate a pregnancy. So these fools who say men should have no say on abortion should open their minds. Uh, One or two more. What happens when female solicitors agitate you before you go into court to make you look like an unfit father when you get before the judge? That happened to me. This is the reason many men walk away. How does the female solicitor agitate you though. Haven't seen my children in over six years. I was dragged through the courts and made to jump through hoops. My ex enjoyed punishing me as she had the court rooting for her and on her side. I was accused of being mentally ill, had reports written by psychologists based on her testimony. I had to walk away from my sanity. They wanted me to have supervised access and pay for it. Another one, my son can't see his child until September just because she won't let him see him, see her, I should say, uh, until they get to court. That will take another eight months. That's heartbreaking. Morris says, there are so many relationships breaking down in this country, with many of them ending up in bitter and expensive court battles. It's no wonder, though, with the space, with the pace of life and our life-to-work culture, that relationships decay in no time. There seems to be very little time for quality of life in this country. A country, despite all its work, is making very little progress and is rapidly becoming more and more unlivable, says Morris. That's an excellent text, Morris. And it makes you think as well, um, are relationships breaking down more now because of this um, live-to-work culture? Uh, You know, where relationships just break down because the love is lost because of um, work, work pressure, financial pressure, stress and worry. Good point. I'd love to develop that. Text 0868104106. Last bit of band. I'll be coming back to this tomorrow. I promise you I will have lots more that I wish to talk to, including men's aid who can help men who are going through uh, the bitter breakups and access to their children. But just a very final one. Carrie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for holding. It must feel like an age. My apologies. Now, East Cork (laughs) Rapid Response to incredible work. That's exactly what you do. In the case of emergency, you respond rapidly, right? That's right. And, yeah. those, and those responses could be typically what? Um, well, what it would be, there'd be critical emergencies to which that they would be called. The call get normally a 999 call goes, gets placed to the uh, National Ambulance Service and the volunteer doctor is able to see the call and then he will can offer um, support to the National Ambulance Service or they'll ask for him to respond also. He generally will get there um, quicker than what the ambulance will arrive. Because you're in the area, you're local to the area. Well, it's an East Cork-based charity. Our response doctor is Dr Hugh Dorn, who is a GP practice in Carrick Tool. Um, But Hugh has got extensive um, experience in pre-hospital emergency medicine and he's also a qualified anesthesiologist. 
So he would be responding to critical emergencies where the loss okay. of life or limb are severely at risk. Okay. Now, the, the, the real, and thank you for that. I just wanted to put some background and context, but you no are, problem. you are selling your emergency response vehicle. I was looking at the running costs. Is it, it's three and a half grand a month, is it? It would be. Yeah, it would. Just um, to keep the show on the road. The that's it, literally keep the, the, the four tyres on the road. So you've got the cost of the car, you've got the um, equipment, like we'd have equipment worth well over 60 grand in the back of the emergency response vehicle. And um, there's the cost of keeping your insurance, your tax, your diesel costs have got, gone through the roof. Um, so it would be literally there, the cost, everything that is there with the East Cork Rapid Response, everything is on a voluntary basis. Okay, we okay. We receive no other funding and we're totally funded by the general okay. public. Okay, so you have um, a three litre SUV diesel automatic Volkswagen. Uh, is that, a, what do they say, is that a Touareg? A Touareg, that's right, yeah. Okay, right. Um, no, so the only reason we're selling it is that we're upgrading equipment and we actually need more space. Um, so we Have you a new vehicle in mind? Um, we're going probably along the road of a four by four um, that we're, we're looking at that and that we're actually fundraising for that now at the moment um, that we have a number of fundraising events coming up. Um, I suppose we were asked, why did we go down the Dundee route? And yeah. I suppose it was a case of it's a specialised vehicle um, and we're just trying to make as contact with as many people. And we felt that Dundee gave us the biggest opportunity for people to see that it's up for sale. And it also kind of creates awareness as well around us. And the fact that we are a charity, you know, it's a vehicle that's very suitable for other rapid response groups, our construction groups. Oh, I see. You wouldn't have to de- you wouldn't have to take down all nope. of the, the bunting or the bannering. You would leave up critical exactly. care. It looks like a colour of an ambulance. You'd leave it as is. Yeah, they could, yeah. So it would be suitable for another rapid response right. group or a construction group because it has the fluorescent markings and it's equipped with the lights and everything else. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, so I get you. That yeah. it would be as is and it would, they wouldn't have the cost actually then as well of having to rewrap or anything, so it could be suitable. It's a we just gorgeous it machine. I've seen the inside and the outside of it. So it's for sale. I don't see any price on it, though. I uh, will, John Kelleher, or a man who looks after the car. His number is there on the ad, and um, that you'd actually contact John um, to to sort out a deal and what you know for whatever it costs. I don't involve myself. But so you don't have a wrong. reserve. You don't actually know. <laughs> Because um, usually, usually, if I if I'm looking at stuff buying or selling cars, I need to know the price of it, kind of thing. <laughs> well, do you know what? I'd look at the car and you could say to me, what's the car like? And I'd say, oh yeah, it's yellow. <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I, suggest you put a pri- I, I suggest you put a price on the Volkswagen Touareg 2018 <laughs> if you want to get some serious interest from people. <laughs> well, look, I suppose anybody who's in the um, in the market of buying a car like that to know the value of it anyway, you know, so that it's um, that okay. they'd be able to, to have, a, have a chat about that. Like, but right, um, okay. My job is to concentrate on raising the money for to buy the new car and what? to keep the show on the road. <laughs> yeah, they're saying about forty grand. I don't know, am I miles off? I have no idea, Neil. Genuinely, I have absolutely no idea. But, the uh, but we'll certainly need that um, oh, and nice. more to to buy the new car. You know, so that we do have a number of. Um, what is it? Fundraisers coming up at the moment. Um, we have a head shave um, going on in Jester's in Middleton, in Jester's Bar in Middleton next week. Um, we have a 999 challenge, which is actually um, represents the amount of calls that Hugh does a month. And in 2022, um, he responded to 108 critical incidences um, that he attended. Isn't that so amazing? 
It's absolutely amazing okay. and it's completely voluntary done out of his own time. Okay, okay. I wish I had more time, but I know it's there. It's up for sale. It's on dundeal.ie forward slash commercials forward slash Volkswagen Touareg. Um, if anybody's interested, take a look at it. Good luck and get the best price you can for it. It served its Thank time you. well. Yes. You're welcome. It's on our Facebook page as well. All so right, there's Carol. all, all the details. It's a beautiful machine. It's a gorgeous machine. The, the extras in it are incredible. Good luck with it there. because it is much needed funding for the new vehicle Thank to continue you. your great work. Thanks. Take care, Kerry. Cheers for now. These three songs, artists and titles, 200 euro. It'll be yours if you can get all three songs right. I need to move along quite quickly. And I think Margaret uh, Martin is in Blarney. Margaret, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I wish I had more time for chat, but I don't. So these three songs, artists and titles in the right order, a 200 euro gift card for Kilkenny Design. Here they are. Shout them out as you hear them, if you don't mind. Paint your palette blue and Vincent down the plane. Picture of you, boys, Mona Lisa. And Mona Lisa, Nathan Cole. All your own work? All your own guesses? Oh, yes. Definitely. definitely yeah, because definitely, that, they yeah. covered many different decades. So well done to you. 200 euro okay. gift card. Spend it on whatever you wish, but make sure you spend it on yourself. Take care. I will. Thank Bye, Margaret. Neil. And thanks Bye. again to Kilkenny Design Day 5 tomorrow. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.